I'm Trevor, and welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. Uh, if you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein we introduce each other to films, expand our cinematic horizons, and, in essence, catch up on our cinema. So, it is the month of June 2021, and we are in the midst of our drinking movie month. Uh, this special event is brought to you by Kyle, uh, who is the only drinker uh, between our two regular co-hosts here. Uh, but for this occasion, uh, we have a couple of guests in the room. Uh, so, folks, uh, say hello to Harrison from the Grief Burrito Podcast and Jordan, also from the Grief Burrito Podcast. <laughs> How's it going, fellas? Hey, dudes. Hi. So good. Opening the beer, ready to go. Do you need some British hooligans on the show? And I'm going to drink through a crazy straw. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's very appropriate. We'll get to that when we get to it in the mm. movie of choice. But uh, before we introduce the film, uh, it appears I'm the only fella uh, who does not have any sort of alcoholic beverage next to them. Uh, what, are we, what are we all drinking tonight? Uh, I'm on a Sierra Nevada hazy little thing. <laughs> not sponsored. Sassy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm on Estrella, which is a Barcelona beer. So that's pretty good. A, li a little more pizzazz there, Jordan. Sell it to me. Come on. <laughs> Sell it. It's got a star and a red thing. I don't there know. we go. It's got me. the red thing. Nice. <laughs> uh, and I've got the uh, the breakfast. I've got the breakfast of champions. Uh, Guinness extra stout. Uh, nice. Nice. Damn. Have you tried the other ones? They've got two new ones. They've got a yellow label and a blue label. One of them's like nine percent. It's like oh. It's good. So like good. drinking tar. It is. You turn it upside down, it comes out like jelly. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> it slurps out of the bottle. <laughs> so, Trevor, just for reference, most beers are about 5 sometimes 6% alcohol. And then 9% mm. is crazy strong. So you don't want to drink a 9% like a 5%. Just yeah. a heads up. It's like necking two pints in one go. Okay, so if if one of the neighborhood kids is you know like at a loss for Play-Doh or something, uh, one of these super Guinnesses will double as some sort of plaything for a small child. Is yes. that what I'm getting out of it? It's malleable. Super Guinness is a much better name. It is, yeah. <laughs> super Guinness. <laughs> Rebranded Super Guinness. I love two pints of Super Guinness. <laughs> well, I'm just waiting for some form of alcoholic beverage to you know give itself the tagline this shit will make you a sexual tyrannosaurus yeah. just like me <laughs> um but that being said uh kyle uh you are in charge of all the programming decisions for drinking movie month uh yeah. so what is it we're going to be watching uh with our lovely guests from the grief burrito podcast uh, this week I chose uh, The World's End from 2013, directed by Edgar Wright. It is the third installment of, what's this trilogy called? You have a name for it, Trevor. Uh, it's the Cornetto, uh, the Three Flavors Cornetto Trilogy. Do you get Cornettos in America? Do we, Kyle? Oh, I don't know what that is. Not, not to my knowledge. No. Wow. It could be a regional thing. Yeah. <laughs> what's a Cornetto? Is this sarcasm? I'm like, is this, are these guys being American sarcastic? I can't tell. <laughs> wow. What's a cornetto? Like, all right, yeah. dude, chill. Yeah, fucking uh, all right. I'll just like piss a, off, shall I? It's like a kind of really thin, like, waffly cone and then ice cream with, like, yeah. different toppings or mixed So you get, like, mint things. strawberry. And the best bit of the cornetto, the secret bit, right at the bottom of the cone, there is a little, like, pyramid of chocolate. So as you're holding it, it melts inside, so when you get to the bottom of the Cornetto, you've got like a melty chocolate at the bottom of the cone. It's gorgeous. I had a Cornetto today. Oh, nice. 
<laughs> is that what Sean's eating at the beginning of uh, Shaun of the Dead for breakfast? Yeah, with and the then when he, okay. when he asks yeah. Ed when he's on the couch, he's like, do you want any from the shops? He goes, Cornetto. That's, that's why <laughs> at the end he does that thing with the, the fence. But we'll get to that. We do, I do know what that is. We just have a different name for it, but I don't know what the name for it is. Oh, it okay. seems analogous to like a drumstick. There we go, drumstick. The, that's what we call there's, it. There's the lesser form of the drumstick, though, that has like the, the mic head part of it lopped off so it's flat at the top but oh. it's structured very similarly yeah drumstick um, uh is it a candy <laughs> ice cream no it's, it's, it's an ice like, it's an I, ice cream cone yeah a drumstick over here is like a a lolly like a, a oh, almost like taffy lolly that will pull your teeth out it's like so hard oh this it is, is going to be a lovely to conversation that's gonna, be, that's gonna go it's it gonna go so down a linear path there's not gonna be any weird cul-de-sacs or oh, anything it's similar to a nestle drumstick it is a nestle similar. drumstick there we go we okay. settled it guys with the, the great cornetto <laughs> mystery has been solved all right uh but kyle uh second question would be uh why uh did you select this film um i chose this uh because they're or different kinds of uh, drinking movies. Um, this is one that I like to watch. This is kind of a both where if I'm, it's like four, four or five, I'm not ready to eat. I want to drink a little bit for the evening and I want to drink along with something. I'll drink along with this movie. Um, but this is also a movie that you can put on after you're fucking smashed and you're not ready to go to bed. And you're just like, I just want one more beer. I'll put on The World's End. And any one of these Edgar Wright movies will work. But this is probably one of the best ones. Do you drink 12 pints along with it? I was gonna say. Uh, no. <laughs> I was gonna say. You line them up in time for the movie. Oh, uh. No. So we should clarify something too, Trevor. So uh, yes, they're doing twelve pubs, twelve pints. Now these pints are imperial pints, which are a little bit different than American pints. American pints hold sixteen ounces. Uh, imperial pints hold twenty ounces. Yeah, so... our pints in the UK are twenty percent bigger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have super pints. Yeah, <laughs> super pints. <laughs> So when I say that these guys like nobody needs this many pints, the guys like we can't, we can't do twelve pints and fucking you know Gary's just downing them like they're right like they don't need this many pints. It's insane. It's a lot yeah. of alcohol. I've I've known people who go oh, for like God. fifteen pints. Like holy shit! Yeah. Is that a day session though, or is that just like a one-time thing? <laughs> oh no, it's a day like, session. They're just there like, like smashing them. You go out at oh, eleven wow. and you don't come back till probably an eleven the next day. Do you remember the fella in with Noel and I that's sitting at the bar like as soon as it opens and there's fucking eight pints just fucking house like they're done. Mm-hmm. Is it like that? <laughs> Is it just yeah. like I need four <laughs> just to start the day kind of thing? Some people are, yeah. But I've, I've known people who do it in an evening. Some people do it in an evening. It's insane. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> Jesus. There's a, there's a chain of pubs in England called Weatherspoons, and that's kind of Ugh. where you'd go if you wanted to start drinking early. One pound thirty a pint. It opens at like lunchtime or early morning, and you can just get a beer at any point. Whereas most pubs open kind of later in the day. Yeah. So that's interesting. So you guys have chains of of pubs. So we don't. That actually doesn't really happen. Like we'll have places that are like um, chain restaurants that are a little bit more bar like, but bars are almost entirely independently owned. That's interesting that pubs have chains. Yeah, we have chains over here. So it's actually funny. There's there's a couple of the pubs that they get to in the film that I'm sure we'll talk about where two of them look exactly the same. And it is Mm. just like that. You'll find some places you'll walk in and you'll be like, I have been in this pub in like six other towns. It's so strange. Interesting. I was not aware of that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like an Applebee's, but 
But <laughs> <laughs> with just no food. Yeah. <laughs> Oi. Uh, Man, I have to pee like three times off of one cup of coffee. I, I like I've never had a drink in my life, but if I was to have fifteen, twenty ounces of anything, yeah, I'd I'd have urine coming out my eyeballs. Like, Let me know when like, you want to do it. I'll 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 go with you. Oh, you'll facilitate. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll make sure I get oh, home yeah. safe. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna wake up in a fucking dumpster. <laughs> uh, so, follow up question though, Kyle was uh. so. We know why you picked this movie, but uh, let's go around the horn. What's our what's everybody's relationship to this film? Because I'll I'll straight up admit uh, this was a legit catching up on cinema for me. Yeah, uh, I had never first. seen this film. Uh, last night was my first viewing of it. Um, but Kyle, I, I believe you have a background with this. You've seen it several times, right? Yeah. Uh, so these uh, Shaun of the Dead was really big in the U.S. because it just came out like when zombies were the shit. It was on Comedy Central a lot. Um, Hot Fuzz kind of just came and went, like it wasn't really big. This one went under the radar, like nobody knew about this one. Uh, I picked up on it because I'm like, oh, it's it's the third one of these movies. Um, but yeah, I just you know put it on one night. I finally just watched it, and I was super drunk. I'm like, well, this is a perfect drinking movie. Uh, so I figured it would fit perfectly for this month. And uh, how about how about you, Harrison? Uh, me, uh, I've always followed. Nick Frost and Simon Pegg's films like I, I've watched Spaced I really like that but my first was Shaun of the Dead and a friend of mine we were both hugely into that movie we would watch it like a couple of times a year and then when this came out it was like me him my dad and a couple of other mates that all went to the cinema to see it so we actually got to see this in the oh. cinema and it was such a good cinema experience like everyone was laughing in the in the crowd it was yeah that's my experience it was great so I I think we're pretty much the same as Harrison. I've seen everything pretty much that um, Simon Pegg's been in. The trends. And yeah, when The World's End came out, I thought it was kind of, it's probably my least favorite of the three Cornetto trilogy films, but it's like pizza, even if it's a bad pizza. Still pizza. Still so pizza, yeah. You can't really go wrong. <laughs> exactly, that's it. But yeah, it's uh, it's not the be- not the strongest of them, but still pretty good. Yeah, man. Yeah, I wanted to... I wanted Trevor to see this one as well because I feel like it's the most action-packed. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I feel like you would you would get the most joy out of this one. It's the most consistently action-packed one, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you can notice him going from, like, Scott Pilgrim versus the world to this because of the fight scenes that are in this one. Like, they're very, like, stylistic and action-packed. The camera's always moving through it, isn't it? Like, cutting between the different yeah. people. Yeah, at, at the risk of completely front-loading this episode, which, who knows, we, maybe we're past the front by this point. It doesn't fucking matter. Um, the, the action choreography of this film and Scott Pilgrim, uh, I want to say, are, are largely the reason why that Edgar Wright Ant-Man movie never happened. Um, oh. Because Edgar Wright's one of those directors that, uh, I, I mentioned this before we started recording, I should like him so much more than I do. And I don't know why that is, because every time I sit down and watch one of his movies, I've seen uh, Baby Driver, I've seen Scott Pilgrim a long time ago, barely remember it, uh, and I saw Hot Fuzz Under Dress. Um, (laughs) A commonality between all of those films is that they feel very handcrafted, Mm -hmm. uh, especially in terms of action design and timing in the edits. Uh, Baby Driver, that was basically how that film was advertised. It was like, you want to see some good music and, and flow editing uh, in terms of structuring action sequence, like almost like vaudeville, like antics, like almost mm-hmm. like Charlie Chaplin shit, but with a car, uh, <laughs> then pull up Baby Driver. 
uh, the whole movie doesn't live up to that promise uh, of that opening sequence and some of the other choreographed driving sequences. But on the whole, it's it's pretty all right. Um, but yeah, my understanding was that he was courted for Ant-Man because he's Edgar fucking Wright and he's a supremely talented director. And he's he's fairly young. I think he's like 47 now. Mm-hmm. Um, so around the time, I think they were doing Ant-Man like 2015. So they're probably talking to him a few years earlier than that. Um, it's been disclosed in recent years that the way the Marvel movies are structured these days is you kind of come on board as a director and your name is is plastered onto the thing and you get to direct the actors but when it comes to action design uh, it's very CGI heavy intentionally uh, to kind of lash control from the director it's oh, okay. it's farmed out to like a second unit or or you know any number of animation houses to do that mm-hmm. on the side because that's the only way that the supply chain can can roll along as as quickly as it has been that's how you're able to get a marvel movie every six months or whatever right and if you look at the way the action scenes even in this film are structured you can tell he likes being part of that process like like it's it's intimately detailed in such a way and so consistent with the the filmmaking and the rest of the film that's like him being divorced from that element of the production i think he would take offense to that um, mm-hmm. And also, he has a he has a common second unit director, uh, Brad Allen, uh, who's part of the Jackie Chan stunt team, uh, has oh, wow. been since the late '90s. Uh, and uh, he worked on Scott Pilgrim as a second unit director, and he worked on this one as well as as a coordinator, a stunt coordinator. And it shows, like like actually, a, a one thing that seems to be very common among the movies of his I've seen is Jackie Chanisms. <laughs> like his action choreography seems. I mentioned Charlie Chaplin may as well be you know. Jackie Chan may as well be the modern day equivalent of like Buster Keaton or Charlie, Charlie Chaplin, Chan. Um, in terms of bring. <laughs> that's totally different. <laughs> that's a totally different thing altogether. But sure, <laughs> we'll roll with it. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to draw attention to the fact that Edgar Wright's a really, really fantastic director. His editing and his transitions, in particular, from scene to scene, are really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it's kind of like a sore spot to think of. Uh, the Ant-Man that could have been because that movie's it's not shit but it's just kind of like a fart in the wind he's so talented that I I bet you if you gave him the keys to any major property I bet you he could give you something really unique and really fun and probably more Mm -hmm. depthful than you would have expected which seems to be a a theme throughout his filmography take something on the surface that's plain and simple and expanded out to something it's like huh I actually felt things from time to time in that crazy movie that yeah. was unexpected <laughs> uh but where do we go from here boys uh jordan or harrison do one of you guys want to give a plot summary real quick just a rundown of the film I, it's usually me that does it but uh let's see if, if you, one of you guys wants to do it this time jordan do you want to take it yeah i'll take it uh, go for it man Look so, at his so face Harrison, light jump in if I miss anything. Okay. I was like, oh shit, am I capable of this? <laughs> uh, so the story is based around five friends, well, mainly one guy, mm-hmm. um, and he's reliving their childhood, basically teenage years, and he realizes that he never managed to finish a pub crawl, which was 12 pubs, 12 pints each between him and his friends, um, and he realized life doesn't really get better after that uh it's kind of downhill for him so he's trying to get the group back together and they're gonna finish this pub crawl whether he like whether they like it or not <laughs> is that, that all right what it's do perfect. you think of that Harrison? yeah uh 
so yeah, uh, one thing that's uh, really helpful in terms of talking about this movie is that it it is them re- trying to redo the pub crawl that they actually failed the first time out. Uh, so in terms of structure, the movie actually has chapters in the form of each pub that they visit. Yep. Um, spoiler alert, they do visit all 12, although I don't believe they have drinks at all of them. I, I don't believe he actually got to pull the tab on the on the 12th one. Um, no, I'm not sure. Sadly not. But yeah, the, the movie opens with a, a really lovely sequence that I... The, the editing on display here, the flair and the timing, like the synchronicity between the music and the, the cuts is fantastic. Um, it's basically a narrated uh, retelling of uh, of the the fateful pub crawl from their teenage years. So it's the last day of school, uh, and we get introductions for every character that we're going to be following here, the five, the five dudes. Um, one thing that's really curious, and this seems to be a commonality among Edgar Wright's films, um, uh, is Easter eggs like he's he seems to have a knack yeah. for implanting his films with like little details that you can give yourself a little pat on the back for noticing and I don't know that shows an interesting relationship between the creator and and his viewers where it's like I can see why people love this guy because mm-hmm. it, it's he's like daring you to to put the magnifying glass over his work <laughs> but like the names of these characters uh, I noticed we have Gary King Andy Knightley Stephen Prince uh, Oliver Chamberlain Peter Page, and it just so happens that Page is kind of at the lowest on the totem pole, <laughs> but in terms of like social pecking order. But I thought that was really interesting. But I didn't notice that at all. I, I did think not I notice it either. Yeah. I did not notice that. <laughs> did you notice that? I did not notice that. We were, we were all gonna like just. I love how all of everyone was like considering like, do I just pretend I do realized? I just... <laughs> and then one person mentioned it, and we're all like, no, not a clue. See, this is the fun thing about drinking movies, Trevor. When you watch movies predominantly when you're drinking, you don't really get a lot out of it each time. So when you go back, you catch something new. I would have probably gotten that on like my fourth re- like my next fourth rewatch. I'm like, oh, they've got all the last names that go like that. But yeah, I wouldn't have picked up on that. Good job being sober. Yeah, man. <laughs> Good job being sober for 30-something years. Uh, uh, but yeah, we get introductions for all the characters and... Uh, just to give a, a rundown here, uh, we have Simon Pegg, uh, who it sounds like Harrison Jordan, you guys are both big fans of his work in particular, mm-hmm. yep. maybe even more so than Edgar Wright, and just so happens that the two of them have like a, a long-time working relationship. Um, funny funny fact about that, that Spaced show. I've never seen it. I've heard it's wonderful, um, it's but weird. there was a stretch of time when I was working in an Amazon warehouse, and I remember rounding this one corner in the in the rows of shelves and it was always just simon Pegg and this lady like hugging each other and it's like it's like a hand-drawn rendering of the two of them mm-hmm. and it's his fat fucking face just smiling at me while i'm toiling away in this fucking <laughs> warehouse factory and i'm like fuck, fuck you, you Peg. simon Pegg. how do you know what this spaced bullshit is but every time around this corner i gotta look at your ugly mug is that why you don't <laughs> like echo wright's films maybe yeah maybe it is it's it like could be it could, it, it, it it could be, yeah, it could be deeply embedded in my psychology or something. But uh, he plays Gary King, uh, and it sounds like both he and Nick Frost, in working with Edgar Wright, um, and this is coming from someone who hasn't seen the whole Cornetto trilogy. It seems like they kind of, not necessarily pride themselves, but they derive enjoyment from taking wearing different hats in every project they work on. Yeah. Uh, because Jordan, you were mentioning that. Uh, both you and Harrison, uh, you were mentioning that Nick Frost, he's kind of a non-actor. He's just Simon Pegg's buddy. Is that right? 
yeah. in space. Yeah, apparently he just kind of <laughs> Simon Pegg was like, "Hey, do you want to be in a TV show we're making?" Uh, and he just said, "Yeah, sure," and that was it. <laughs> and then the rest yeah, was history. Yeah, a few things. I think he was and in this and he's Sky terrific. Well. He's brilliant. Yeah, he's actually a very good actor. Yeah, love it. Yeah, no, he can wear a lot of different hats because uh, we were talking about this before we started recording. The character he portrays in this film is, like, in terms of temperament and, like, just, like, the way he fills the frame, it's very different from, from how I've seen him previously. Like, in Hot Fuzz, completely pretty different. dramatic transformation yes. between roles. It is. I actually think this is his, one of his best. I, I, pref- I think he might be my favorite character in this. And weirdly, yeah. I don't yeah. really like Simon Pegg in this film. I think he's the weakest part. Yeah, he he is a little distracting, uh, mm. and he he's also kind of intentionally a, a cock, as they call him. Yeah, I, I I definitely think that he's supposed to be like making jokes that aren't funny because he's stuck at being a teenager. Like I think it might be intentional, but I still find myself like I fucking hate Gary King. <laughs> yeah, we all did. Yeah, no, yeah. he sucks. I was gonna say Nick Frost was my favorite in this. I really liked Simon Pegg in uh, Hot. F- it's kind of a bummer that he's uh, such a tight ass in uh, Hot Fuzz, mm-hmm. but I think it it works like the two of them. Nick Frost being a dipshit and him just being so straight laced and serious. It makes it a lot of fun. But yeah, I agree. Nick Frost, I think, was my favorite character in the movie. Yeah, I yeah. think everybody in the room agrees because mm-hmm. I I thought so as well. Uh, he he has an intensity to him in this role that feels lived in like like you when he's getting kind of venomous with gary king you feel it it feels kind of legit so it's like you know if you know someone long enough you probably have had exchanges like that and as an actor you can probably tap into that yeah (laughs) so maybe simon Pegg was a cock back in the day to him and he's just like i remember that (laughs) have you you guys seen his uh it's on amazon uh he's a ghost hunter yeah he's great Uh, really good yeah I need to watch that. I watched about really half of that se- that series. I haven't gotten all the way through, but it's pretty good. Mm, yeah, he seems to do mostly like family-friendly roles these days. He pops up in like fairly high-budget, like high-profile films, but usually is like a fat guy fall down type character. That mm. seems like something yeah. he actually got to ply his trade with, mm. but like or ply his craft with rather. But I saw him in that fighting with my family movie, which. I'm a degenerate. I like wrestling stuff. That's the only, it's the only reason I watched that, and uh, it wasn't so hot. But he plays like the dad in it, and he's he's very warm in that. I'll give him that. Um, but moving on, so Nick Frost plays Andy Knightley, uh, who's kind of second banana to Gary King, although he wouldn't like it if you said that to him uh, straight up. <laughs> but the two of them, they're like lifelong best buddies. Uh, Gary King is an asshole. Uh, he's kind of a prima donna. Uh, as as Nick Frost mentioned several times in the film, you're never wrong. Uh, and it seems like that's how he lives his life, by the assumption that everything he's doing is the right thing to it's do. It's impossible to argue with you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there, there's the dialogue in this film is something I hope we get into because it's it's so goddamn quick to the point that like mm-hmm. I, I actually have trouble retaining it. I just know I yeah. enjoy it in the moment because it, it just... Mm, it's so fucking fast. Um, but in addition to that, uh, so we have five principal characters here and a lady. Um, we have Patty <laughs> Considine as a Stephen Prince, uh, yeah. who Gary thinks of as like, he thinks they have like a rivalry going on. Um, and they, that rivalry largely manifests in the form of uh, them having competing affections for uh, Rosamund Pike, uh, who plays Sam. Uh, we'll get to her in a second, but uh, Patty Considine is—is is he? I'm probably mispronouncing that. But uh, anybody in the room familiar with him? 
He's in fucking everything now. Like, I he see is. him pop up everywhere. <laughs> uh, he's in, most recently I watched him, there's HBO series The Outsider, which is really good. It's a really good series, but he has a pretty heavy uh, role in there. But he pops up in a lot of stuff. Uh, he was in Peaky Blinders, I think, for a minute. Uh, but a lot of people were in Peaky Blinders. Uh, but he's popped up in a lot of stuff that I've been watching recently. Even I was on set for Peaky Blinders. <laughs> oh, you were? Yeah. <laughs> In one of the shotgun scenes. In, in a, uh, what capacity? Uh, I was working in the art department for another show, and we were sharing set locations. So, like, we were moving through in between, and then someone shot a shotgun, and I didn't have ear protectors in, and it was loud. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Bad times. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. I think Paddy is one of the Andes, isn't he, from Hot Fuzz? He is, is yeah. It? That's right. Yeah. That's him and Rafe. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. The lines from that film are amazing as well. The, the writing's so good. Who, uh, who's the lady from The Favorite? Uh, she's the funny cop in Hot Fuzz. She's always got the sexual innuendos. I can't think oh. of her name. Ah, uh, she's in Peep Show. <laughs> and The she's Crown. Won, uh, yeah, I think she's she just in won everything an, now. I think she just won an Oscar too. Uh, maybe for that film. I'm not sure. Uh, but she was really funny in Hot Fuzz. I was. Uh, I was kind of disappointed that, uh, well, I'll, I'll ask, uh, Martin Freeman plays Ollie. Uh, that's one of the other cast members. I'm going to go ahead and say, I do not like Martin Freeman. Uh, he bugs the shit out of me. I find him very annoying, and I'm sorry Same. if that offends you. No, I no, agree. Fine. Olivia Coleman is who you're thinking of. Olivia Coleman, thank you. Uh, why don't you like Martin Freeman? He just bugs <laughs> me, man. He just, it's something just about his face. Dick. Yeah. He just, yeah, he plays just short little asshole. Like, I don't know. There's just something about him. I don't like him. <laughs> Well, to, to roll things back to wrestling, I had to explain this to my girlfriend the other day because she gets kind of wrapped up in pretty much anything. And it's actually kind of fun. It, it turns into like a little bit of a game for myself where it's like, this movie sucks, but it's kind of fun watching her be mad at it <laughs> like when you're supposed to be mad at it. <laughs> so her reactions are always great in that way. But um, I had to explain to her the concept of heels in wrestling. It's like, you don't get it. You're supposed to hate him he's doing a job <laughs> like he's being paid to piss you off and sometimes you know that's that's your path as an actor is, is to be that heels. asshole i was really it's confused like, then i was like heels what you, like shit stacked heel. heels to be whole shit heel chicken shit, shit heel. heel bad guy okay okay there's faces and heels heels are bad guys yeah. uh, okay um okay yes <laughs> I, like i said there's gonna be a lot of cold sex this episode but um <laughs> But yeah, it, it's kind of like James Woods. He's not there for you to like. No. <laughs> like, he's really not there for you to like. But you're going to get something out of his performance. So I I understand the utility of a Martin Freeman. He's he's kind of a tool. Um, he's well utilized in this film. Like, when mm -hmm. it, like spoiler, when it comes down to first one of the group that's exposed to be, you know, a blank or robot person, he's, he's the one that does it the best. You know, like, he's the one whose mannerisms already kind of fit that model already so mm -hmm. it works out quite well and yeah he's he's kind of he's kind of a tool in this movie but i generally like his screen presence uh, he has a certain type of physicality to him that it's a little bit stiff but also animated in a way that i find entertaining but then again i, I haven't seen the guy in a whole lot to be honest it's like an excitable corgi yes very much so <laughs> that's pretty much it <laughs> he has the head cocks <laughs> yeah <laughs> He's like he's a he's a royal dog, but still a bit too excitable. And then Eddie Marsan plays Pete. Uh, I thought he was quietly like he was really funny. Uh, he's he was really, hilarious. He's a really subtle character, but he's really funny. 
kind of disappointed there wasn't a lot of Bill Nighy. He just makes a, an appearance at the end of the film. And yeah. it's like yeah. an appearance. Yeah. Because he's one of the... F- one of the funniest moments in Hot Fuzz is just him as the commissioner. Just he just comes in for a thirty second scene, and it's fucking yeah. hilarious. Bill Nye, he's a he. I, I it's not my nation, but I would think of him as a national treasure. He's a yeah. wonderful person, he is. like oh, wonderful yeah. actor. Yeah, <laughs> he should be. He absolutely should be. Is he a knight? Because he really should. Be. <laughs> um, I love Bill Nye. He's like any man that can embody the physicality of an octopus person. So con- yeah. so convincing. Yeah, and do it well. Yeah, and do it well. Yeah, like not not jokingly. Like literally, show up to set and be like, you know, I think I'm going to be an octopus. <laughs> he does have weird lips all the time. That's perfectly right. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, what makes you, it work? Par- Harrison, have you ever seen just the plate shots before the vi- uh, before the special effects? Yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. He he already does it before they put the special effects yeah. on him. It's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking nuts! <laughs> it's fucking nuts! <laughs> uh, but in addition to that, we also have Rosamund Pike, uh, mm-hmm. who in recent years has been getting some really big roles and is getting a lot of attention. Uh, at least in the States, I know Gone Girl did her a lot of favors for getting her traction. Uh, she plays Sam Chamberlain, who is uh, Martin Freeman, uh, a.k.a. O-Man, <laughs> uh, his uh, sister. It's not his fucking name, dude. It's Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's the rundown of our cast. Uh, so, Kyle, do you want to just like plow through the movie uh, in a straightforward fashion, or how you want to go about this? Uh, let's just uh, let's just let's just truck through. I think we'll uh, just set okay. the stage. What's what's going to happen? Um, so, uh, yeah, Gary tells them about this amazing story of them trying to do the Golden Mile in Newton Haven, which, from what I understand, is not a real place. Uh, is that correct? Yeah. Do you guys know? It may as well be a real place. <laughs> it looks like a it lot of towns. very similar yeah. to all towns slash villages in England. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm sure that was by design. Like, yeah. cookie cutter English town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they try to do this, uh, the Glorious Golden Mile. Uh, they kind of get picked off one by one. There's certain things that happen along the way. They're going to do 12 pubs, 12 pints. Uh, and they don't quite make it to the end, uh, but it's Gary. It's the high point of Gary King's life. It was the greatest night of his life, and he's telling us this story from what looks like rehab. Uh, so you can yeah. tell things aren't going well for Gary. Yeah, they told him when to go to bed, as he phrases it later on in the film. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, the opening sequence, it really needs to be said. It's, it's really awesome how they put it together. Uh, a combination of like the film stock or the filters that they applied in post-production. It, it, it looks of its time. Like it looks like a nineties music video. It does. Uh, th- there's a lot of cuts where it's like, there's a frame missing almost like it was poorly stitched together in editing, but it's done <laughs> intentionally. So, uh, there's even like, like some experimental type shit where they get high at one point. And all the all the shots from that sequence look like it's just still photographs applied in sequence, so it's almost like stop motion via photography. Yeah, uh, it's cool stuff. But what's really neat is that the structure of of this flashback uh, matches that of of the film going forward, um, and it plays into the the characterization of Gary, where it's like this is some jackass who's who's trapped in a moment in time. And I think it's very fitting that we have a Kylie Minogue song later on the film <laughs> called Step Back in Time. Yeah. And that's basically his mentality. Is he's trying to relive his glory days without ever having left them behind properly. Uh, so he's doing this thing where he's kind of like forcing circumstances to hit the same bullet points that they hit before. And there's all these little details. That, again, this seems to be a thing with Edgar Wright that 
crop up later on the film, like uh, when he's taking a piss and he uh, he he punches the, punch the wall yeah. uh, when when he was and he he sees that same punch mark in the wall and then hooking up with Pam and I even the bit like the moment in time when Sam. old man drops out of the 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 pub crawl like it it matches up almost perfectly. Well, the white you said we um, have to bench. We'll say this much there. <laughs> i did love uh uh it is mentioned later on in dialogue but uh there is a falling star that happens during the last shot of the opening sequence um, really that yes uh look if you if you want to look it up it's it's when they're they're sitting on the hill like after they're all collapsed and he's staring mm-hmm. off into the mid distance uh there's actually a little streaking object that crosses by his his point of view um so like literally, that. the 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 alien presence arriving on Earth coincided with their pub crawl back. He in loves the, some foreshadowing, doesn't he? He does. Our Edgar. He does. <laughs> he does. Uh, question for you, for Harrison and Jordan. So we li- uh, we live in Washington. So recreational marijuana has just been freely available since 2012, and it's been pretty easy to get since then. Uh, is it fairly easy to get uh, weed where you guys are at? Yeah, but it's not legal. It's not legal, but it's incredibly easy. It's yeah. easy, okay. It's I can see easy. about three houses out my window that I could get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the uh, ask because they're about what well, I think six or seven pints in. They're like, we're gonna have some herbal refreshments. I'm like, that's the worst fucking idea ever, <laughs> especially yeah. this far along. You're gonna black out. Like that's it. Like the night's done after that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the smartest move, but I guess you're yeah. kind of invincible, aren't you, when you're that yeah. age? When you, yeah. Eighteen. Yeah. yeah. I guess you could probably do it. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, is there is there like a preferred order of operations there? Because yeah. I've I've heard mention of beer and liquor. Like, there's a a methodology to this. Like, mm-hmm. how does weed factor into that? You do one or the other. That's pretty that much. Oh. that's that's your evening. Yeah. So mm-hmm. some people like if you're gonna go chill, maybe two or three beers, smoke a little weed. If you're just kind of down, other people are are more seasoned at it. They can you know polish off six or seven beers and get baked, and then you know still be fine. I don't really mix them too much because I go. I either go to sleep or black out. He gets benched, basically. <laughs> okay, <laughs> du- du- duly noted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after our opening sequence, um, there's a comedic beat in the form of a, like Kyle had said, it's it's like a, this is like a group meeting. Like this is a rehab or, or a support group of some sort. And like the counselor is like, does anybody want to like challenge this guy on his his night of stupidity and attempt like attempt to murder his liver basically? And there's a pause, and this young guy is just like, did you feel bad that you didn't finish the pub crawl? <laughs> and, and then he stares off in the middle distance. And we get this like slow zoom on Gary as he's you can see the smile. Yeah, like the idea drawing of across his face. Yeah. That's <laughs> a plan that, is forming. <laughs> that guy's the real enabler. He just fucked him all up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he's Enabler. the real villain of the story. <laughs> Enabler, that's a funny word. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Gary is getting ready in the shittiest apartment I think I've ever seen. Is this even an apartment? I, I think he might be squatting, honestly. like this is uh, The one in St. Maud was better than this. Yes, you're right. Wow. Saint, the, the, yeah, the apartment in St. Maud was much better. But uh, we get introduced <laughs> to all the other characters. We don't quite know who everybody is just yet, but you see everybody like doing their uh, like daily routine. Um, let's see here. I think what Andy is just like walking into an office. Ollie is on the, he has his Bluetooth headset, uh, just talking. I think he's, is there kids at his table or is, what's he doing? Martin Freeman. Uh, he's getting Oliver, a coffee, wasn't he? 
Oh man, yeah. oh yeah, old yeah, man's yeah. just kind of getting He's the coffee. He's an estate and agent, stuff. isn't he? Yeah. Yes. Patty's on a construction site, uh, Steve, and then Eddie Marsan is the one sitting at the table, like That's hiding right. from his kids. Yeah. His kids that are acting up, and he doesn't want to deal with yeah, it. Yeah, he holds the yeah. newspaper up, doesn't he, <laughs> to cover his face? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want anything to do with it. But um, yeah, this is where we get. Uh, another musical montage there's quite a bit of that in this film but uh, the way the edits transition here it's a lot of uh, like sideways moving wipes Uh, Mm -hmm. they're quite lovely because basically it's we're watching Gary get get ready for the day and then we keep segging back and forth between him and his his childhood friends and then we get a brief uh, getting the band back together sequence and Mm -hmm. I know Kyle and I are both big fans of this (laughs) Um, and th- we also get on-screen titles for everybody, but not in a pretentious way, in a helpful way. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Because we had different actors for all these characters during the opening sequence, so we need to have them reiterated to us. And uh, I think first stop is Steven uh, at the construction yard. And uh, what was... We we learned what a lintel is. I didn't know what a lintel was, and it's, this movie taught me. It's the Pete at the car, Peter, right? Yeah, Pete at the car yeah. dealership's the first one. Oh, Pete, yeah. Pete, yes. Yeah, his dad fucking um, picks up on him. Yeah, he's yeah. Gary King's in there trying to look at the cars, and he gets you know shut down because uh, we learn that Peter is working for his dad still. Um, but everybody keeps bringing up the same thing, and Pete's the first one. He's like, "Don't you want to do the? Don't you want to do the Golden Mile? Twelve pubs, twelve pints." He's like, "Not particularly, no." He's like, "But everybody's in." He's like, "Even Andy." Yeah, of course Andy's in. Yeah, there's a lot of mention of Andy, and it's left a mystery for a good chunk of the film as to yeah. why Andy yeah. would be the one they're all worried about. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, we pay a visit to everybody, and we get to see like a really stark contrast between where Gary's at in terms of his psychology and his development as, <laughs> as an adult and uh, his friends who have clearly moved on to bigger and hopefully better things, although I don't think that's the case with Pete. Uh, he's still... He was really beat down as a teenager, and I think that trend continued into adulthood. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but we do get we do get to see O Man. We get to see uh, Martin Freeman uh, trying to sell a very expensive home to one of Kyle's. Uh, I, I wouldn't say favorite actors, but a, a familiar face that you always like to see, uh, Rafe mm-hmm. Spall, mm-hmm. uh, who is apparently worked with Edgar Wright on multiple occasions. But this is his only scene in the movie, uh, much to my disappointment. Um, they let. Yeah. Sorry, real quick. They let him. He's a villain in this the second Jurassic World movie, and they make him have an American accent. Why? Why I don't you know. Do that? All villains should be British. We've learned that through cinema the whole time. Yes, yeah, Star Wars taught me that. <laughs> it would be so much more sinister if he was. If he was just let him have his accent, it would have been so yeah. much better. Very one of the most disappointing things about that movie. I, oh, also, movie I mean, there there is precedence. Like like oh shit, I think. I think James Cromwell had a British accent. He in that did movie too. He. Why do you have James Cromwell speaking in a British accent and the legit British <laughs> oh, guy no. speaking in an American accent? It's the dumbest. It's pretty dumb. <laughs> I do what love the, the, uh, the line in this bit where they're, they're in there. He's like, he'll knock some off for you. What's it all for? He's like, 1.2 million. He's like, fuck, fuck off. off. <laughs> <laughs> Needs to be said too that old man has a catchphrase of sorts WTF. WTF. <laughs> Yeah. There's a lovely bit where, uh, where uh, I think Gary's like, "What does that mean? And what the <laughs> and fuck then, does that mean?" He's like, "What the, the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, and someone oh, yeah. else in the background oh, yeah. yells, "What the fuck?" And he's like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> it's pretty great. 
but yeah, now he meets Andy. Yeah. Yeah, he meets mm-hmm. Andy, and uh, does somebody want to break down this sequence? Because it, it has a different flavor to it than the other ones do. So there is obviously some kind of history between the two, because Andy clearly doesn't want to see him, mm-hmm. but Simon Pegg's character ends up in the room anyway. And <laughs> so Andy will not go along with this harebrained scheme that he's thought of, and... Uh, in the end, Simon... I keep saying Simon. That's fine. We, <laughs> Simon we know who you're talking about. <laughs> puts £600 on an envelope on the table to pay him back for, obviously, some debt that he owed him before and says that his mother has... Uh, Simon's mother has died, which mm-hmm. to pull on Andy's heartstrings. Uh, and he manages to convince Andy to go along with the pub crawl. So he's the last person after he's convinced everyone else to go along with it. Yeah, it's a great way that yeah, he does it, isn't Andy's it? Andy's temperament is a little different. Yeah, it is. He, he he basically convinces each person by saying that all the rest of the people are already going, which is a great ploy. It's fucking like, genius. That is a great way to He's, do he it. He is genius. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you can if you can stick to the gag, like if you can really follow through on that, mm-hmm. I would imagine that generally works. It certainly won't blow up in your face later on. <laughs> I can say it does work. It does work. I've tried it. It does work. I was super excited, like watching him go to each person. Like I'm super excited for him, like to pull this off. But then when we get to him in the car, it re- it's a real cringe moment when we find out like what Gary's actually been doing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's pretty bad. I I love when they, he pulls up in the same car uh, that they had back in Beast. high school. That Peter, uh, so, yes, the Beast, because it's real hairy. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, Peter gave it to him, and apparently it's still in Peter's name. Um, I love when they hit the road, and by the way, he showed up to pick them up from the train station like an hour an late hour because late. Gary. Uh, <laughs> but I love that they're on the highway, and then he's just like, oh, "I gotta take a piss." <laughs> he just like cuts over like three lanes of traffic, and that's our transition for that scene. There's a lot of that in this movie. Like, literally, the movie goes lurching off to it the does, side, it and it, it has a lovely momentum to it. It's difficult to describe if you haven't seen it, but. Uh, if you do get around to watching the movie, pay attention because there's a lot of really neat editing tricks here that make for a very mm-hmm. streamlined, very exciting product, uh, regardless of what's actually happening. Um, this is a man going to take a piss, and it's like an action beat. <laughs> but uh, they stop on the side of the road and get like coffee and stuff, and they shoot the shit, like kind of catch up a little bit. And uh, one of them throws out there that he's probably doing coke in the bathroom. This is like, <laughs> this scene, it's one of the funniest lines in the film because he's like, well, he's, he's, he's taking long having a piss. And he's like, if it is a piss. And then he goes, well, it might be a, he's like, a poo. It's like, how is that a poo? <laughs> <laughs> I remember we all died in the cinema Genius. with that bit, Kate. Yeah. Uh, and then it turns out he actually was doing coke, wasn't it? Like uh, when the police yes. pull him yeah. over, he's like, oh shit. Oh no, I did all that in the bathroom. <laughs> it's it's oh, wonderful. It, I didn't even catch that. It, yeah. It's a callback it's a callback joke like mm-hmm. spread out over twenty seconds, but it's so good. Because it when yeah. they get pulled over, he's like patting himself down. He's like, Oh shit, I oh wait, I don't have any more. I already did that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and while he's talking to the cop, he actually like twitches his nose a little bit too. He's got it a goes. very selective memory to the point where yeah. he goes, uh, uh it's like, you've got a very selective memory. Oh, they were saying that about someone else. Me. <laughs> <laughs> no, this movie is very, very quick, which is why it's really helpful to have you guys around to like actually like latch on to some of the mm-hmm. details that zip by me. Because 
clearly I have a lot of details at my command, but there's just this movie is so, so packed. Much. <laughs> it's packed. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Marsan has one of my favorite lines where they're like, "We're like the three, uh, the five musketeers." Like there were three musketeers, and he just kind of his head just kind of pops around four if you count D'Artagnan. Yeah, I don't know why that's a... <laughs> history's a, history's a tapestry, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, not to not to stop us dead, but like a couple of my favorite lines were from Stephen from Stephen. Uh, from Patty Considine, just just his delivery and his his like self satisfied grin. He's like a winter's tale, <laughs> and he's like, "What play is that from? A winter's tale." <laughs> I don't know why that made me crack up. It really did. He's but, great because um, he can be very funny, but he can also be uh, kind of scary. He's he's a little scary in The Outsider. So he's been likened to the uh, the British Sam Rockwell in in that he's oh. kind of chameleonic. He can kind of do anything, but he's charismatic regardless of what you ask him to do. He's actually com- a director as well. I'm comfortable oh, right. with that. Didn't yeah, know that. yeah uh, he he directed a movie uh, called Journeyman. Uh, it's about boxing, so it piqued mm-hmm. my interest. Uh, I haven't watched it, but it's mostly about somebody with brain damage. But I guess he wrote and directed and starred in it. Um, so oh yeah, he's, I've seen the he's someone that I'm always happy to see. Oh, you no. have? Yeah, yeah. I, re- I remember seeing it and thinking, that's him. That's the guy from The World's End. That was the only thing I knew him from at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, he might be a boxing fan of sorts because he mm. was also in a Cinderella Man in a very small role. Um, and he was good in that. But um, anyway, uh, we do get pulled over on our way into town. And uh, it, this is our hometown for all our main characters uh, from their childhood. Um, and not a whole lot transpires here although this cop it, he kind of reminded me of a uh, chris farley in a uh, wayne's world he's a very very well-informed security guard this yeah. is a this is a very attentive traffic cop <laughs> like, uh i've seen this guy in one of the movie uh a dark song it's on netflix it's a it's actually a nice little horror movie uh it i didn't really care for the ending too much but he's really good in it if you guys are horror movie fans at all yeah, I'll but check it, it out. yeah, it's, yeah. it's not too bad okay well um, yeah, we head into town, and one thing that's really interesting about this movie is that I, I read that Edgar Wright picked a lot of the songs because he thought that these this would be the kind of music that Gary would have fancied himself like identifying with back in the day. Like Gary has an inflated ego, and he, he like this is the soundtrack that he's playing in his head, I guess, as they're going about their day. Um, not much of it was known to me other than the Kylie Minogue song, um, which. <laughs> funny enough fan. uh i mean i i did work at the high school radio station and we did play a lot of her music back in the day <laughs> uh, and funny enough she was on the show previously in the form of street fighter the movie yeah. so yeah. we are a pro kylie minogue <laughs> podcast so i have to ask a question real quick um so when we get to our, uh, so we get to the the B and B. During that opening sequence, they did like a knock and run on one of the guys' doors, and they do the yeah. same thing here, which is pretty. Like Nick Frost is like trying to, <laughs> trying to reason with the guy, but uh, that man is enormous. By yeah, the way. that dude is huge. <laughs> um, but uh, they get onto him about being uh, not being PC. But okay, so throughout the film, I noticed that Gary is like he is pounding the pints if you notice like everybody else is just kind of sipping and he's just pounding him so i always took that as he's just a fucking alcoholic he can just pound him down but now that he did a bunch of coke in the bathroom that kind of changes things because he's just real thirsty yeah because when you're when you're on cocaine alcohol doesn't affect you the same way as Mm -hmm. it does when you're not on cocaine and you can drink way faster so that changes my perspective on the film now Ah, okay. okay he's got to nurse that drip 
we have a, a a really awesome monologue here. Uh, so they arrive at like a B and B to like drop off their bags and stuff. And there's this lovely moment where I think the lady at the counter is just asking like, "What are you What are you folks going to be doing in town today?" And then yeah. Simon Pegg, the opposite <laughs> angle, like flips up. It, he like stands up into the frame and he delivers this couple minute long speech about the Golden Mile, and it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like he, it's like Gary has been rehearsing this moment in his head for years and years and years. And funny enough, that lady is his landlord in space, also. Oh, really, Moira? Yeah. Wow, yeah, connections, Moira. revolutions, revolutions. <laughs> yeah. So after that lovely monologue from Simon Pegg, uh, we do uh, head into the first pub, and uh, this is a thing that Edgar Wright was very kind to do in this film. Uh, he did actually kind of do a silly little gag where he named all the pubs in the film in sequence um in such a way as it like to make them like chapter headings for the events that unfold at those locations Uh, that's a neat little detail but appropriately enough the first pub that we visit is called the first post and uh, as soon as you enter it is very sanitized is not at all inviting and one detail that i really want to point out here is that the time of day uh, in which we're starting this pub crawl uh, I don't know exactly what time of day this is supposed to be, but the sun is shining and people are out like walking their kids. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, I'm not sure if that's when you're supposed to start boozing, but uh, apparently this is how business is done, especially when you have 12 pints ahead of you. Yeah. Um, one detail I really loved about the, the set dressings here was the, the fake chalk. Like there's all the menus are done in chalkboards, but if you if you look really close, it's like, I don't think that's an actual chalkboard. I think that's just a digital graphic that's been printed out and looks like yeah. it mirrors the look and the texture <laughs> of chalk. It's pretty tacky. <laughs> that's what a lot of them look like. So, Dude, this looks like a Weatherspoons, doesn't it? It does. This looks mm-hmm. a lot like a Weatherspoons or like a... a Slug and lettuce. Oh, Slug and lettuce. Slug shout and lettuce. Bitch yeah. Weed, if she listens to this. Yeah, shout uh, out Bitch Weed. <laughs> yeah, a friend of ours works in one of these chain pubs. So. Yeah. Chain pub. And yeah, you guys had mentioned that uh, that chain pubs are a thing uh, yes. over in your neck of the woods. Mm. Uh, Kyle, that's not really the case over here in the States, is it? No. Uh, several, you know, in, in America, uh, a bunch of different alcoholics own their own places to drink at, uh, just independent people. So at least that's yeah. been my experience <laughs> in Seattle. <laughs> so it takes um, like an yeah. alpha, it takes an alpha alcoholic to like invite everyone else over yes. and then they open a pub. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's a, a a bar that's recently shut down, uh, run by a Scottish guy. Uh, great, it was it was a nice dive bar, great for watching football, um, American football, by the way. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just want to make sure. So handball, we were clear on that. yes. <laughs> yes, hand, um, hand egg. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he uh, he had the heaviest hand of any bartender I've ever seen pouring shots. Uh, there would be like twelve ounce glass, like uh, like the short little stubby twelve ounce glasses. Mm-hmm. And he pour like a six, like nearly a six ounce shot. It was kind of scary drinking at that place. I wonder it closed down. <laughs> it's a Scotsman. So. Yeah, also yeah, run by a Scotsman, it. so it's not surprising. Did he ever but, say the phrase, get to fuck? Get to fuck. <laughs> no, but he did get have a guy fuck. that worked there uh, who saw all of his regulars from the night before their first thing in the morning to drink again. He's just like, Bill, Jerry. We're going to have a good night today. Yeah. <laughs> They're all there to fucking drink again. That's genius. Nice, dude. What is it? Get to fuck out. <laughs> well, I think, oh. Out. I think it's get you, to fuck. 
get so to like, get too far. But I think it's mainly it's like if someone's someone's annoyed you, and mm-hmm. instead of saying like, I, I don't know what the comparison would be in like standard English. What do you think has it's get uh, to fuck or get? It's to like fuck. it's like get out. Like you'd say get out really in England. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Get out of here, you little scamp. It's more get like it's more fuck. like a, it's more like fuck a off. fuck you, isn't it? Yeah, fuck it's off. like a fuck yeah. you is get to fuck. Yeah, <laughs> get to fuck. That's fun. I, I love that. I'll have to use that sometimes. The man was an amazing golfer too. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, we sit down in our first pub, and uh, like I said, the sun is fucking shining. There's not a whole lot going on in here. It's awful. Uh, these look like middle-aged men sitting down for like a like a business lunch or something. Well, Trevor, you're not going to do 12 pubs and 12 pints starting at 7 p.m. It's just not going to happen. No, You've got to start at like day. 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That's a you lot of give your liver some time to yeah. like make amends. Climatize, yeah. Yeah. you got to soak up the booze at like 8 p.m. Just like take an hour, get like just something in your stomach. Cheesy chips. Then... Cheesy chips in the UK. That's what it's about. Gotcha. Yeah, they, they do make mention of yeah. food at one point in the film, but we never actually see them consuming they have as some far chips, as I understand. I think, don't they? Do they have like a, a plate of chips? French fries? More like wedges. They're like thick okay, cut. So. Thick cut. Okay. Just so, some chips for the table, if that's all right. <laughs> Just a share in the middle. <laughs> yeah. It's like table bread in the UK. You have table <laughs> chips. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, um,. But yeah, we, we have a little bit of tension here in the form of uh, Andy and Gary kind of... Andy's kind of standoffish. We still don't exactly know why. Um, but one detail that emerges here is that Andy uh, does not drink anymore. Uh, he is sober at the moment. And uh, we get a, a lovely montage of, of the bartender pouring drinks. This is like a staple of Edgar Wright's cinematography. Like, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, and it's like a... a POV directly from from the tap, um, and then one water, which yeah. just the sound editing there adds Wait, a little bit of humor to it. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Now, yeah. Trevor, it, it, I'm I'm sorry, I'm not too sure why this this bothers me, but I completely understand where Gary's coming from when he finds out that uh, Andy is not going to be drinking. When you are going out and you're expecting everybody to be drinking, it does kind of bum you out when one person is not, and I'm not sure why. Maybe yeah, they're, they're gonna I know be, what you mean. It's like you're having a camaraderie that tomorrow we're all going to be awful and you're going to be okay and that's not fair. (laughs) Yeah. If the expectation's there, you kind of, you know, you do expect it. But Mm -hmm. I think to join in with a lot of conversations and a lot of everything just goes to shit and everyone needs to be in that similar mindset to get it. If that makes sense. If if one person's not laughing at something stupid that's happened... Yeah, everyone just kind of looks at them like, why do you not find this funny? (laughs) So you're saying I've ruined many an outing for for my circle of friends? (laughs) It's different when you're going out with the expectation, knowing that this person doesn't drink. Mm -hmm. But yeah, when you get there and you're like, I'm not, I'm on the wagon. Like, what the fuck are you even doing here? Yeah. Like, why? Well, that's what Gary does, doesn't he? He's like, what? (laughs) Like, he shouts so intensely. But honestly, I've this last year I've been the sober person during school with my other heavy drinking friends, and it's it's different being on that side. Mm. But I still have a blast, so I feel yeah. a little bit better now knowing that there's that one person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I will say this much: uh, I tended to be the guy who would get found 
uh, over the course of the evening where somebody would have some like serious shit they, they need to get off their chest. And it's like, uh, it's like missile lock. It's just like, beep, 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 They it's only like, oh, find he's the, the sober people as yeah, well. He's the guy that will actually listen yeah. or at least pretend to. <laughs> if, if Trevor was ever on the fence about maybe having a drink one day, I think... Uh, this one time that we went out with our so Trevor and I were co-workers and we uh, okay. went to a bar that was close to our uh, workplace and everybody kind of went out we had this young kid working with us like 21 22 and the rest of us are you know pretty seasoned drinkers but uh, he went we played the game never have I ever and <sighs> this poor little innocent sweet kid uh, didn't know how to play the game so he went off and said uh, never have I ever had my whole hand inside of a woman and we're like, this is co-workers. Like, this is people that you work <laughs> with. And this poor kid just dropped this, and we're like, holy shit, kid. It this was guy's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I told him. I'm like, I want to go out with him again. Let's yeah. see what else we can get him to I say. Mean, but no, more importantly, did any of you drink? <laughs> Good. And everybody but me, yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh he spent the entire he spent the remainder of that evening basically saying don't tell anyone i told you that that's a good job kyle (laughs) you didn't name him though so it's fine um so yeah next stop on the pub crawl here is uh the old familiar and this is where our characters get clued in on something that jordan and harrison both were already privy to and that would be the starbucksy uh nature yes of these of these local pubs how everything is kind of same same uh everything's very uh generic and similar from place to place um and this is where we start to get introduced to extra elements in the cast uh in the form of sam mm-hmm. uh who is of course martin freeman's uh sister and Stephen and Gary have kind of a, a thing, like they're they're competing over her affections, and it's it's explained to us like not explicitly, but basically, uh, they they both had a thing for her back in the day. Uh, Stephen claims to have seen her first. Uh, however, Gary was the one that you know jumped her bones uh, in the disabled as they, bones. as they call it, yeah. <laughs> the, the wheelchair accessible toilets in the yeah. United Kingdom. <laughs> yes. Oh, is is that the official title? Uh, well, yeah, all, they all say WC on them. I feel like saying oh. the disabled is uh, it, it, it's it works because everyone knows what it means. But at the same time, you're like probably shouldn't say the disabled. It, it's it's <laughs> it's not exactly PC. No, um, much but that, like that's Gary, the way. Yeah. That, that's how the characters phrase it, but they do it in a kind of cutesy, like in joke sort of manner. Um, but yeah, she does show up, and there's a, a neat little gag here where Martin Freeman gets a call on his Bluetooth, and uh, <laughs> Gary isn't aware of the fact that he's speaking to somebody on a phone. He's like, hello, are you here? And he's like, yeah, I've been here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she shows up, and uh, Gary immediately tries to jump on that again. You gave, uh, me, know- you gave me the signal. What signal? You went to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> And she didn't gave, realize that was a signal. <laughs> and she gives him a sign that says out of order. Yeah, I love that that actually comes into it later on. Like it becomes like an actual little tied in thing that they use. It's not just like a random plot device. Is that a phrase that you guys say over there? Out of order? Yeah. yeah of course. Oh, good. Right, uh, good. Like if the any <laughs> any sort of service is out of order, like... Uh, well, oh, sorry. Uh, I, meant, it, I meant more like to each other. Like that's out of order. Oh, right. Oh, I was going to say that, that was not... a weird thing to say, or, Jordan. Or no, or like 
that's not on that's out of order that kind of thing no no that's that's not really something that's uh, okay at least ah. at my neck of the woods but um yeah that's certainly a colloquialism of sorts i would yeah so i wonder if you saw it as like a he's not working correctly or as realizing that it actually means like you are being out of order so out yeah. of line no th- thankfully it's one of those things that's like it's not so crazy out of left field that okay. I, I couldn't i couldn't piece it together but <laughs> it, is, it is certainly a difference um between the uk and the us though but um we resume the pub crawl and we head to number three on the on the list here the famous cock um which in gary's mind i'm sure refers to him and in fact in terms of the story uh what transpires here does play into that um as they come in and much like the other two stops pretty much the same shit different day um however uh there's pictures of gary on the wall and apparently he is barred from entering this life Uh, yeah barred for life he got red carded as we saw in the the opening sequence there so they actually get kicked out and I love that his solution to carrying on with the pub crawl is to He's drinking uh, empties. Yeah, drinking oh. empties that are outside the pub. It's called um, mind sweeping, Trevor. Uh, mind sweeping. Mind sweeping. Mind sweeping. Wow. You don't know what I, is going to be in there. Yeah. It, well, yeah. I'm sure there's. You know, we see lipstick on one of the uh, glasses, don't you? Mm-hmm. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. It, it's pretty it's pretty raggedy but yeah. um this it, that's his mentality though it's like come hell or high water we are going to we're gonna do, to do all it, 12 yeah. stops i need to consume the equivalent of a pint even if it comes from three half empty glasses that are outside the pub and have likely been you know spit in and <laughs> I call uh, the dregs. cigarettes in them down the in the dregs. dregs yes yeah yeah it, it's it's pretty nasty it is. but uh in his mind, it's a victory. <laughs> I'm sure for a variety of reasons. One for having the infamy of being, you know, outlandish enough to have been kicked out of that place back in his di- back in his day, and also for you know have found a way to uh, yeah. improvise a full pint. Free beer. Um, free beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way of looking at yeah. it. <laughs> uh, but we do move on to uh, the next stop, and that would be the crossed hands, and uh, this is where the film uh, starts to pick up a bit, um, at least in terms of like amount of actions that transpire in one location, uh, because the movie does have a really rapid pace to it. And at this moment, I've kind of been blazing through it. Um, but in this, in this location, uh, we do take a little bit more time to breathe. We do. And yeah, uh, Harrison, you want to point out some of the details that unfold here? Yeah. I mean, it, it's here that the, the cast actually seemed to connect a little bit more. And uh, I think it is over the communal chips, like Jordan mentioned earlier. I think that <laughs> might be why. Once we get some communal chips, everyone in the UK settles down a bit. Uh, they sort of start reminiscing about things that had happened in this pub. So the one of my favorite lines is, uh, I think they're talking about New Year's Eve and Andy fell asleep on the pool table. And the line is, remember when you slept on the table and we told you that when you woke up, it was 1991 and you freaked out and punched a clock. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's pretty great. And I actually love that, um, like you said, there is a little bit of bonding, Mm -hmm. like some camaraderie that's rekindled in the sequence. Because when they say that, Andy doesn't react the way he's been reacting throughout the rest of the film. No. Like like, normally he'd be all huffy and kind of standoffish. Here he just kind of like smiles and nods like, yeah, that was the thing that happened. (laughs) Like that's my shithead itself. Um, And also we we get mention of, uh, I believe it's the marmalade sandwich here. That's right. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And everybody's spirits kind of like perk up a bit. They actually kind of adopt the energy of like, you know, young, dumb lots, lots, teenagers. Lots, lots, Yeah. Yeah. Lots, lots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you, just from their body language, even Martin Freeman, who, like I said, is kind of stiff in this movie, he's, he's kind of into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, basically it was these three gals that, uh, apparently most of them were pretty, pretty into back in the day. Um, and the reason why they called them that is it was two blondes with a with a ginger in the middle. Yeah. Um, and it just so happens that they see the backs of three women's heads across the pub um, that have the same. It has the same arrangement of hair colors. So they, they start reminiscing about that. It's only ginger if it's a man. It's a redhead if it's a woman. Yeah. Oh, I is can... that the case? I can start calling you a redhead if you want, Jordan, or a strawberry blonde. <laughs> oh, babes. Oh. Please. <laughs> uh but Peter, <laughs> Peter actually gets a moment here of characterization because it needs to be said, like he's very quiet throughout most of this film, he and is. it helps that he's yeah. also probably the shortest member of the group. Maybe, maybe aside from Martin Freeman, I can't really tell. But just in terms of his body language and whatnot, he's, he's the meekest, he comes across. I'd say. Yes, he's meek. Good yeah. word. And thank you. And in in this situation, uh, they he spies his like childhood bully in the pub. And there's this actually like kind of dramatic beat where the fella comes over and asks for a chair from their table and the two of them look at each other and Peter tells the story of what happened in high school or throughout his his schooling life, basically, that this guy was terrible to him, um, absolutely terrible. And now it hurts more than ever because the guy saw him and failed to recognize him. So yeah, didn't the, the, level of, yeah. the level of investment there, it's just like the guy invested so much time into harassing me and he couldn't even be bothered to remember me like as i am now but um i forget exactly how things uh get a little bit tense again but um uh, it's uh gary breaks that moment by slamming shots down onto the table yeah and just goes shots and that's that <laughs> yeah it Hang goes from being quite like a an actually touching moment or like a really sad moment. It mm, does it have does. those beats of sadness throughout it. Um, but yeah, Gary obviously fucks that up as he does most things. He does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, Andy is of course the, the loudest one to call him out on it. And uh, Gary uh, heads off to the, the bathroom and he leaves his, his very old phone on the table. By yeah. the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't tell you exactly what year this was from, but uh, it is most certainly not a flip phone. Uh, <laughs> it, it has the the equivalent of like, a I don't know, an, an 80s wristwatch digital readout on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and he leaves it on the table and it starts to ring and Andy picks it up and sees that it's his it's Gary's mother calling. And, and I think I think Andy's reaction is just to say something like "fucking no." Okay. <laughs> it's just like "no." It's pretty great. Um, but yeah, Gary heads into the restroom and uh, he attempts to bond with uh, a, a teenage a boy, youth. a youth a, uh, with the youth. Yeah. Uh, what's up with the youth um, <laughs> that they had seen in the town earlier? Uh, like just kind of gallivanting about town with his with his guys. And uh, he tries to identify with him, like, be like, yeah, I used to be cool like you, uh, even though I have no reason to think you're cool. You're dressed like a shithead. <laughs> that's a chav. But, that's a chav, that one. Yeah, I have heard that phrase mm. before, chav. Um, yeah, could you chav. explain to me where that comes from, though? Uh, it's 
It's Does like it a stand s- for council house and violence. That's right. I, yeah, that yeah. I was gonna say it was. Yeah, yeah, that's where it came from. So it's someone yeah. who grew up on a council estate who tends to wear like sports tracksuits. I used to be one of them, as I did you grow used to up be on a chav. I did used to be a chav. I used to shave wow, my head to a number two. I had an Adidas tracksuit. It was bad times. We all go through a chavvy stage. I didn't. I went through a goth stage. Well, I, I went through that too. I had a, a head injury. <laughs> and then that seemed to <laughs> knock, knock some sense into me. And then, uh, yeah, turned out all right. <laughs> yeah, let's see. All it took was a head injury. Yeah. Well. Uh, I mean, I only seen you from the neck up, but from the looks of it, you're not a shithead. You're yeah, I, don't I mean, I don't have one. any pants on, but oh, not, no, nobody does. Straight so. up, no podcasters wear pants. <laughs> it's, it's part of the gig. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he tries to strike up conversation with this guy, mind you, while he has his cock in his hand. Yeah. Uh, this is this is generally not done uh, in the states. <clears throat> not really. Generally, yeah. generally you, you you don't just like start talking to people while they're peeing. Like maybe after you come out or something, but you no, know, generally not during the act. But um, things very quickly escalate, though, uh, into fisticuffs. They do. Um, they do. Yeah, can I do. can I just point out one thing? There is a video game reference here that I don't know if you noticed. Oh, absolutely. Go for it. Well, the sound of the fly being zipped up is the golden eye. Golden eye. 64. <laughs> yes, it is. The armor. The, the armor, armor sound sped up. Yeah, it is. Wow. Ah, yeah. oh, my ears did not. They, they didn't fail me, because yeah, that's man. what I heard, too. Yeah, it is. It's the exact same sound. And there is another game reference as well that we'll get to later on. No, okay. Mm. Well, I'm excited for that, because like, it was one of those things. That I, <laughs> I heard it, and I was like, I I know that sound. Yeah, and I immediately was like, I know what that is, but I'm, I'm not positive. But I'm so glad it, you did. It does sound a little sped up or something. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, things just quickly escalate into fisticuffs, uh, or rather grappling. Uh, that's that's yeah. something that's interesting about the choreography in this movie is that, uh, spoiler alert, our antagonists are not, they don't like to be called robots. <laughs> no, <laughs> but bots. Uh, no bots. No bots or what was it? Smashy, smashy <laughs> Eggmen? Yep. That's the other game <laughs> reference. That's the other game reference. Oh, where, where's that from? Because they're talking about where the word robot comes from and they say Robotnik. And then oh. they then start calling them Eggmen. Like Eggman. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. I didn't put that together. It's but such yeah, like Sonic it's so Hedgehog. split apart in the film. It's only if you like you think about oh Robotnik, and then when you hear it, it's like a very short thing. But yeah, it's def- definitely is intentional. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I do love the line. Nothing in the past ten minutes has been better than Smashy Smashy Eggman. Eggman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I like that. Yeah, that's how we cut back to that dialogue. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> it's yeah. just like I don't know what all that other shit was, but it must have been. It must have been something. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the choreography of of this movie, like our our heroes do a lot of striking and whatnot, but our 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 villains, uh, they tend to just kind of grab you. A lot of face grabbing. A lot of face grabbing. Yeah. A lot mm. of pom- face palming and whatnot, and uh, they're they're mostly ineffectual, which actually lends a bit of comedy to to the proceedings. Mm. Where it's like they're they're not exactly all that threatening. No, uh, in fact, no. they're very easily subdued, which which makes it more believable that our heroes can actually beat them, being as none of them are you know physical specimens. Yeah. Um. But what what ha- what happens from here is a uh, Simon Pegg uh does a rock bottom to this this <laughs> teenage robot man and a. Takes his head off by slamming it onto a urinal. Yeah, and it's pretty spectacular. It's, it's like great. very good yeah. choice of wrestling move uh, for your non-wrestling movie. 
Um, and it's not the last wrestling move that we have in this sequence alone. Um, but the rest of the boys head into the bathroom, uh, mostly just to yell at Gary. And it's yeah. kind of great because there's a headless robot spewing Actually, blue just crap. To st- stop Andy killing him, I think, mainly, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Andy is ready to just like start stomping on him. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's like, head he, come off. You're bit. not going to crawl out of this one again, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole time he's just like he has this ro- like headless robot in his arms on the floor, yeah. and nobody bothers to pay attention. And there's nope. a head square in the middle of the it's room when, uh, that's blinking. It's when the other guy comes in as well, and he looks over like angry, and then he looks concerned he's yeah. like ha oh <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah the, this whole sequence is a, a lovely little melee that uh the way it's stitched together in editing uh there's a lot of cuts that are hidden yeah like, a lot like of bodies. secret cuts a lot of s- hidden cuts uh it's very well coordinated exceedingly I was amazed well coordinated. at how well choreographed it was for mm. i i think this is the first time in any of the cornetto trilogy films anyway that you see any form of real fight scene. That's right, yeah, because the only real fight scene you've seen at this point is like, the only one that comes to mind is in Shaun of the Dead when they're hitting a zombie with the uh, the, the cues in cues. time to queen. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, that's. I think that's the only other one you really see. Mm. So it's nice to, like, Edgar Wright just kind of took this and he absolutely ran with it. It was insane. Yeah, and you know I, what? Nick, Nick Frost, for being, like, a big guy, he is great. For physicality is amazing. Beast. Yeah. He's amazing. There's that's literally a note I have in yeah. my phone. There's like a, the there's way- a kick that he does where he like fucking kicks a guy in the chest and he flies back. It's like, oh that was sick. Yeah. Very good. Love this love this bit. Yeah, uh, Nick Frost really is kind of the standout in terms <laughs> like, of his physicality. Mm. Nick Frost is a beast in this film. <laughs> you actually got it in notes. <laughs> show notes yeah. what's going in there <laughs> he gets to bust out a couple more wrestling moves in this sequence i just want to point out that he does a it starts out as like a torture rack or like an f5 or something turns it into a backbreaker bane style by the mm. way. oh yeah yeah um followed up with a good old-fashioned elbow drop which is that smashes al- a guy's always head. a crowd pleaser yeah oh yeah now, a lot of head explosions uh delightful stuff really really well put together especially considering that no, none of these guys are are stunt players, but they really acquit themselves quite well. Uh, Nick Frost, in particular, it seems like maybe that was like part of the thesis statement, like when they started production or something. It's like Nick, you're gonna hang out with the stunt guys, and you're yeah. gonna you're gonna do. We're gonna make you look amazing. I mean, it's, uh, because- it's set up that he played rugby earlier on, isn't yes. it? Yes. Right. And that yes. he got into like he starts fights kind of thing, like at the start yeah. when he's uh, he's squaring up to a bunch of people. So it's kind of like when they're younger, um, yeah. it kind of gives the idea that he's the hard man of the group yeah. or like the bouncer. But it's, he's um, Connor. Yeah, he's the Connor. He's the my brother to this group. Uh, who is it? Who says it? it? Might be Pete who says it. it. Says there's ten people who have just gone into this bathroom and no one has come out yet. <laughs> gay loving. Gay loving. <laughs> About ah, a gay, gay loving. loving. Yeah. So it's quite eerie though, isn't it? Like they they stick their head out of the bathroom door. And the pacing of the film has like reached this massive crescendo, and then it makes you feel uncomfortable at how silent it is outside in the pub, and it's like nothing has happened. It's like small town vibes. It's dead weird. Yeah, yeah. It the the gay loving line I mentioned is part of the script, but I like that it's, it's followed up by the fact that uh, Martin Freeman points out it's like, well, it is 
New Haven. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like that that would actually be perceived as a bad thing in this, you know, tiny town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, this is where things like we just had the explosion of sci- the sci-fi element of the story, which has been totally absent from the film up to this point. Yeah. And as soon as they step out of the restroom, um, like like Harrison had pointed out, uh, everybody's just kind of staring at them. And we all we all form like a strategy as to how how to go about things. Um, Simon Pegg points out that's like they're all pretty fucking lit up at this point. And he was pulled over by a cop without being drunk because he has a brake light out. So he's afraid to drive. This is actually just his ego getting in the way and him trying to find a way to keep them on the pub crawl. Yeah. Um, but I like that when they're, they're like spitballing ideas as to how, how to get out of this, you know, potential alien invasion situation. Andy just kind of like, they, they point out that Andy's the sober one, right? Yeah. He yeah. can drive us out of here. And then Andy takes all the shots, which uh, Gary hit interrupted shots. Peter's sad stories. But, five shots. And the noise he makes upon consumption mm. of all of these shots yeah. is like, I've heard, I've heard this sound. <laughs> it's very familiar, even to me, who's not drank a, you know, a drop of anything in his life. Uh, it, it, it's a very particular kind of like, almost, it's like pained and satisfied, just like, Mm. It's almost sexual mm. in like the way. Yes, it's, almost yeah. sexual. It's the way that it's Psych kind of so like good. through the. Uh, it's it's kind of like reverberate through your glasses. It's like a oh, as he does. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh. By the way, Trevor, this is this is a blackout. If you do five shots in a row, five. Yeah, having not drank for what is it? Twenty years since he's been uh, he's had mm-hmm. a drink. Something it's like been that. a minute. That's yeah, a blackout. He yeah. is a rugby player, though, and I have seen those boys put away some seriousness. I saw Something a guy drink a yard scary. of ale. Do you guys know what a yard of ale is? Yes, I do know what that is. Yeah. He did a yard of Guinness stood on his head. Oh, my oh, Lord. Oh, wow. Yes. We, we used to have a yard above the bar, and it was like, okay, if you can do it, it's free. And then, yeah, a rugby team came in, and we were like, shit, because then they all had it, <laughs> and it was all free. <laughs> We uh, we had That's a, my a paycheck chain gone. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> we had a chain called the Yard House uh, in the U.S. They had oh, yards man. that you could just get. Uh, I've done it several times, uh, but then they shrunk them down to to they're no longer a yard. They were they were much shorter after that. Right. It's a yard, but really thin. It's, it's now yeah. it's not an imperial yard anymore. It's like an American yard. It's an American yard. <laughs> <laughs> I actually that might that franchise might have closed down. I haven't seen one for a really long time. Oh weird. Oh, weird. Yeah. I think Ooh. the shots they were doing, I think, is Sambuca, aren't they? Because they I think Sambuca. Oh. Yeah. I hate that. Sambuca that, is what twenty something percent? Yeah, it's more like a schnapps, isn't it? It's not like a, yeah. a, a spirit, like a liquor or anything. Uh, that's where Gary bad. also uses well, the sign also. Gary puts the out-of-order sign on the toilet, which is a nice yeah. little callback to earlier. Did somebody... Yeah. Did I was gone for a while, listeners. Uh, but uh, did anybody say the girl who I uh, fucked? Like, <laughs> has the finger gesture and it says oh, it. That's amazing. <laughs> Sorry, that was one of my favorite jokes. Yeah, it's here. a great line. It's a really great line. We're also laughing over the wide on line as well. The which oh, one? She's got a ma- she's got a- she had a massive wide on for this guy. He's like, can you stop talking about my sister's <laughs> oh, wide on? God damn it! That's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. Excellent. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the-, the plan here is that well, now that Andy's had five shots in him and is miraculously not passed out on the floor, mm-hmm. uh, I guess we just got to keep up with the pub crawl. Yeah. Uh, so they that we have this moment where they just like parade down the street trying to look inconspicuous all the while looking intensely conspicuous they do. um 
and everybody in the town is is mean mugging them but in that kind of robotic sort of fashion and by the way uh there's a few familiar faces that continually pop up in the background kind of like matrix style like deja vu where it's like an old couple and a lady pushing a stroller keep passing them by like very regularly yeah Yeah, it it, it's like they're just on an endless loop basically uh, throughout the town Um, not not to backtrack i just wanted to say i love nick frost fucking up people in that bathroom he is surprisingly spry but I won't. I won't take us back. I just wanted to say. Yeah, yeah. say my Jordan name, put it in his notes. Man. Yeah, it's in his notes. <laughs> it's actually a really good. He makes a good point. Though. Something I wanted to point out was that all of the fighting that they do in the in the all the fighting they do in the in the film is actually like none of it is kind of superhuman level fighting. Some no. of it is like is above average. But a lot of it could be done by a normal person. Like, it's believable. Yeah, these are the kind of fights that, like, we've been in in pubs. Like, it's yeah. just, like, everything is, like, chaos and grappling. There aren't, like, punching and loads of kicking and stuff. It's, like, it's messy. Yeah. It's just, it is literally just, like, these these fight moves could be done by normal people. Mm-hmm. The choreography is much better. But, yeah, it's all possible by, like, Simon Pegg on a day off kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it gets a little bit more whimsical when we get to like the big brawl towards the end. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah uh, but the bathroom fight, yeah. Peter doesn't even—he doesn't throw a punch. He's crawling on the floor and hides in a bathroom. He <laughs> hides when, in a toilet when stall. When the door goes through, and he goes, "Somebody's in here! <laughs> <Yeah>. Somebody's <laughs> in here!" <laughs> and yeah, Martin Freeman spends the whole time in like a hangman's choke, yeah. just like not getting anything yeah. done. Um, and yeah, Andy's really the only one that can effectively clean house, and he uh, does yeah. so quite effectively. Um, next up on the pub crawl, though, uh, and this is while we're trying to be incognito as uh, the good companions. And I, I do think it's interesting that um, I'm looking at a, a picture of the of like the marquee, basically, and uh, it's five like drama masks, and one of them is highlighted in gold and is smiling, while the other four are frowning. Uh, oh, so cool. it's kind of like Gary and his buddies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot of that kind of symbolism. Is this going where on the switcheroo the happens, though? I believe it's at the next. That's one. the next uh, okay. six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good companions is is just a. It's barely in the movie. They just stop there. They have their plant. They smile at everybody who stares blankly back at them, and then <laughs> they just make a hasty retreat. And the next stop is the trusty servant, where uh, Kyle. Uh, it is kind of remarkable. Uh, this fella has popped up on Catching mm-hmm. Up on Cinema an amazing number of times. The Reverend, uh, the Reverend Green. Green. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Also, in by... also in space. Also in space. Also in space. Wow. Shit. Uh, yes, uh, he's in the Kill List, which you and Brad reviewed that I recommended that you do. Yes, Brad from the Cinema Speak podcast. I reviewed Kill List with him, but he was also in The Hallow which mm-hmm. you and I did, yes. and he was also in the Lost episode, The Lobster, and oh, he was yeah. also in Free Fire. <laughs> so he, this oh, yeah, guy has, this guy's like the champion of yeah, catching up on cinema. Been a lot of our, on, on a lot of our episodes. Yeah, he, uh, I really like Kill List. I'm glad you guys got around. Have you guys seen Kill List? No, I don't think I have. No. Throw it on there. I, I highly recommend that. It's, uh, it's okay. an unconvinced... Would you call it a horror film, Trevor? It was... It's supposed to be kind of a horror film. It's a little unconventional. More like a thriller. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a movie. It's a movie. <laughs> it's a movie. It's, a movie. it's yeah. actually better if you go in kind of blind. Yeah. Uh, so don't read up on it. But yeah, don't read up trust, on it. Trust okay. us. It's a well. It's a well-made uh, British 
What's it? (laughs) This is where we get some superb drunk acting uh, moving forward, especially from Nick Frost. But this is where we get the sliding down the bar, which (laughs) might be the funniest part of the whole movie for me. It's just them one by one (laughs) sliding down to see the Reverend Green. Um, But drunk acting in movies, uh, I still think is Tyler Labine in uh, Zack and Miri Make a Porno. I don't know if you guys Mm -hmm. have seen that, but this guy just comes into a coffee shop and he has just great drunk acting. But I think Nick Frost is killing it for drunk acting. Yeah, he's he's very good. I I actually really like Gary going up to Reverend Green. He's like, he's going to do the secret signal (laughs) about the drugs. And he's like, (laughs) no, no, no. Have you got any drugs? (laughs) (laughs) Like, not even a specific, like, have you got any weed? It's just, have you got drugs? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's a line I forgot to say before. I'm really sorry. Um, What's that? There's a bit where, it's the bit where Gary uh, Gary says that he's not drinking. Uh, There's a line that, uh, no, is it not Gary? No, Andy says he's not drinking. Gary finds out that Andy's not drinking. He says, a man of your legendary prowess, not, (laughs) a man of your legendary prowess, drinking fucking rain yeah that yeah. really got me <laughs> no that, that's a, a that's a really that's a really fun way of phrasing that so <laughs> i caught that for the first time this rewatch so i'm, I'm drinking <laughs> fucking rain rain <laughs> um, oh. but yeah this is where we get a little bit more uh, insight into exactly what's going on here and michael smiley plays the reverend and uh he he doesn't want anything to do with these guys he's like i don't do that anymore i've got a good thing going and there's a lot of emphasis on this is a good thing. Like, like what's yeah. going on here? You don't understand. This is good for everyone. And he keeps trying to reiterate that, and they just won't listen, partially because they're all drunk. And like Kyle said, they, they, they sent Gary off to go, like, reach out to this guy on his own, but they can't help themselves. They just kind of, like, slide <laughs> along the part and ask him the same questions over and over and over again because, like, they weren't there for it. But uh, what we learn is that there is some sort of invasion going on but some people in the town are okay with it, uh, mm-hmm. including the Reverend and two other guys, two other assholes who just show up from time to time to rain on everybody's parade. Question, Kyle. Yes. So this is something that comes up in all of the Edgar, the, the Cornado, Cornetto? Is that what it is? Cornetto. Cornetto. Um, so the first one is civil unrest because it's a zombie movie. The second one, all the townspeople are like, like in like a little weird little cult where mm-hmm. they're just trying to keep things I don't know just copacetic just the nice. greater good the greater good and this movie the townspeople have all been taken over and I don't know why there's always something with the townspeople something wrong with the townspeople in these movies I don't know if you guys have any insight on that it's just English people are weird that's all it is <laughs> <laughs> I think Shaun of the Dead was a, a societal thing wasn't it of like everyone's yeah. a zombie now ha ha 5G. Well, 5G. I have 5G. As <laughs> uh, a callback to one of us. Tuesday, guys. Um, I, I'm not too sure what the Hot Fuzz one was. I think it is literally just like... It's just fitting lot, in with... Yeah. A lot of towns do have like... Uh, you'll find it where like, it's the garden of this county. That kind yeah. of thing. So they are very particular about trying to be the best at a certain thing. Like we have best train station awards. Uh, oh. Because that's a thing. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, I'm not sure what this one is, though. Because I can see the first two being relevant, but fuck knows what this one is. No, no. Well, that's when this film starts to expand on what its like meaning is. It's like about 
people fitting into the was it the cosmic neighborhood do they call it, or the galactic yeah, community they like start that. calling yeah. it it's like it's taking that idea of small town life and expanding it out into small planet life or Ga- Gary's an outcast, but so is humanity. Yeah, kind so of is humanity. Thing. Yeah, so like Gary's the king of the humans, as they call it later on. Yeah, uh, yeah I suppose. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's safety and in, in familiar familiarity and homogenization, mm-hmm. where it's just like if everybody's of the same mind, then you know there's no potential for hiccups in any interactions. But uh, it's it's kind of set up perfectly to oppose the viewpoint of Gary, who fancies himself a, a rebel of sorts. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, there's a quote that opens the movie. Like it, it's a sound sample. It's like a voice clip that plays um, when when the camera's pushing into Gary's face when he has the idea of resuming the pub crawl. It comes from like a, I think it's a Henry Fonda movie about a biker gang. It's basically like yeah. we want to be free and we want to get loaded. Want to get loaded and have uh, a good time. Yeah. And that's 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 his credo basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a, a fun little beat that happens here during this this exchange where uh, Martin Freeman excuses himself from the table uh, to go take a piss, and the the scene plays out as normal, and then uh, the phone rings in the pub because the Reverend has been telling these these fellas a little bit too much, and we yeah. hear Bill Nye's voice on the other end chastising him and being like, uh, basically he's getting demoted essentially. Yeah. Um, and he is exiled to the bathroom <laughs> and uh, he leaves and he's like, thanks guys. <laughs> but, but as he heads off to the bathroom, uh, Martin Freeman emerges just as he's going through the door as well. And I love that this, this transition is telegraphed so well. Cause just like Martin Freeman's body language, he's so like full of pep yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and he doesn't look like he's had as much to drink. Yeah. As you can tell he's sober now. Did you notice like the weird thing with the, the beginning of the Hobbit? Yeah. Did you notice the weird thing with the phone? No. When he passed it to him, it's actually a, a corded phone. Like, it should have a cord. And it's not connected. I oh, shit. Oh, right. I didn't and notice Even that. when he's got it against him, you can see the hole where the cord would go in. And it's that's why it's like, there's another weird moment. Like, how is that working? Like, what's going on here? And then... Well, and it's it's fitting, too, that the, the name of the entity is the network. The network, yeah, that's and, right. And uh, one thing that happens when they're in the, the bathroom fight is, that, of course, they do the sensible thing and try to call friends and family and stuff, and the phones are down. The exactly. network is down. Um, and also, I noticed there's there's a lot of diegetic noise uh, sprinkled throughout the film of just phone noises and, like, yeah. chimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like cluing you in on the fact that they're being surveilled throughout the entire film. Neat little right. details, stuff that really doesn't need to be there. But like, like Harrison just mm-hmm. pointed out, that's something that I didn't notice, Kyle didn't notice. But now there's I kind of want to go back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's um, the pace that I'm on right now. I'm a hundred percent gonna watch Shaun of the Dead tonight. That's yeah, all, oh, mate. The, yeah, that's right my there. favorite one. I think. I, I Hot Fuzz. I think as much as I love Shaun of the Dead, I think I've seen Hot Fuzz less times. So I'm really looking forward to revisiting it again. But I think Hot Fuzz is probably my favorite. Hot Fuzz right also now. sounds like a porno. It does. It does. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> when do, uh, when do uh, Sam and the twins, is it the next pub that they come in? Yes, the two-headed dog is our next stop. And uh, this is where Sam uh, just so happened to be in town uh, to visit, I guess, friends of hers from back in the day. Uh, it's two twins, uh, two ladies. And I love, I love the bartender here. Also from space. Uh, oh, I, I, <laughs> I'm, yeah. 
Can you just tell Marquee. us who's not in space? Does might that be easier? easier, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. might be <laughs> Okay, uh, honest recommendation. Is that is that worth watching? Oh, uh, yeah, just don't watch it before bed. I started watching it, like, before going to sleep, and it's just too weird. Like, it's odd, yeah. Quick, uh, sorry, quick question. Uh, Black Books, are you guys still Yes, watch that, too. Watch that, too. I watched the first season. I really like it. Yeah. Based on that, would I like space? Yes. I don't know. Yeah. If, yes. Okay. Yeah. Bill Good Bailey's also in that. That. Oh, uh, which he is? is Manny. I think he's Manny he's in Black Books. He's in that too. He's. He's great. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I think Space is very much it, another quintessentially kind of British show. Yeah. Where you know it, everything about it is so British. It's ridiculous. It is. Yeah. I've got the source, dude, because I like some of these. I like some British TV shows, so I this is like the one time I get to ask. I have one more <laughs> yeah. that I want to ask about. Uh, Robbie Coltrane. Uh, yeah. Oh, he plays a detective. Cra- Cracker. Are you familiar with that one? I have Cracker. no idea. Yeah. It might be yeah. late '90s, early 2000s. I think so my dad sure. used to watch it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think detective-wise, ours is probably Life on Mars. Harrison, that's yeah, that's good. Yeah, with Life on Mars, that's yeah. good. 1975, and I'm having oops. <laughs> I'm having oops. I'm having uh, oops. Yeah. What up? Peep, peep show. Get on peep show. Peep show's the Go best. Listen. And what else? Olivia Coleman's in that peep show. Yeah. Uh, and there's one more that I can't think Green of. Wing? Alan Partridge. Alan Partridge. I am Alan Partridge. That's the one. All right. I never liked I that one. Down. I don't know why. Oh, I love it. So good. Sorry. Sorry. Right, we're done. <laughs> no, I mean he's writing the shit down. Like, you're actually giving him important tips, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, our next stop is the uh, the two headed dog. Um, but I believe around this time is also when we we have our discussion about what what these things should be called, and it's oh. it naturally they they naturally come to the conclusion that blank kind of works yeah. because yeah. it's actually kind of funny. It's almost coincidental that like Stephen points out that it's like we need a term. It's like if I point to those people over those two blanks over there, then what do we call those? It's like well that kind of works, yeah, and like, they don't decide She's a blank. on it. He's a blank. <laughs> yeah, they don't decide on it. It just works. <laughs> we break away for like a good ten minutes, I think, for uh, the fight out in the smoke area, and they're yeah, still twins. having the conversation. I didn't. Yeah, smashy, smashy, yeah, smashy. Where he tries to help her up, and he's like, "Chuck is a ciggy." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Gives her a cigarette. Oh, the my favorite. Uh, what's the character? Uh, Steve. My favorite line of him. He's like. He's like going to tell Sam he loves her. He's like, you may think this is because I've had seven pints. But I'm in love with you. Yeah. Well, and I'm currently seeing a 26-year-old fitness instructor. I'll drop her in a heartbeat. <laughs> I realized at that point, that fitness instructor is the same age as me now. And I was like, damn, Jesus. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, yeah, we do have another melee, the twins no duh turn out to be blanks mm. and uh simon Pegg throws them through a wall it's pretty great and he also delimbs them and beheads them and the one actually has the other one's legs affixed to its spinning shoulders it's spinning yeah it's yeah it's, it's got whirlwind technique. whirlwind technique leg arms yeah and uh, it goes at it goes at steven for a bit and uh, they do manage to subdue the twins however and now pam is in on it uh Sam. By the way, she has, I, I don't know if this is a colloquialism, but she, she has a bit of a catchphrase in the form of crumbs. Um, <laughs> she, she uses that phrase many times. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's very endearing. Isn't that what Sean's mum says in Sean the Dead? <laughs> oh, maybe. Well, I'll find out later. It's uh, definitely a colloquialism. Yeah, it just means yeah. like, or people say, oh, sugar. 
It's yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Instead of saying "oh shit," basically. Yeah. <laughs> shit. Yeah, it, <laughs> I, yeah. Shit. <laughs> no, the the meaning wasn't lost on me, but her her delivery and just her demeanor throughout <laughs> the film. She she comes across as kind of like a little bit plain and wholesome in this film. Yeah. Um, and it works really well when you know all sorts of craziness is happening and she's oh crumbs <laughs> um but yeah now they have her as part of the scooby squad and the next stop is the mermaid and this is where we get our kylie minogue track school disco and, uh, time yeah school disco time and uh this is a kind of a pivotal scene in the movie because this is where we get a proper exposition dump as to what's going on and uh we keep cross-cutting back and forth between uh i don't know the actor's name but he's basically the old man who is here to dump it's Xbox. Walter Frey. Walter it's me, you nupty, yeah. he says. I'll get another. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think I'm drinking out of this, cur- this crazy straw? <laughs> yeah, not so crazy now, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so he pulls Steven into the cloakroom, and we get our John Carpenter or Dean Cundy lighting here mm. uh, while he rapid fire spouts exposition about our, our uh, outer space visitors crash landing coincidentally on the same day as the original pub crawl and uh, basically they've been replacing people with with robot people um in an attempt to like homogenize and sanitize uh, the landscape and it's it's some sort of interplanetary what's it uh and <laughs> i like that his response to uh what happens to the the people that get copied? <laughs> I told you not to ask me that. <laughs> Don't ask who happens to the empties. Why? What happens? I told you not to ask me that. And it happens later on, and doesn't it? As well. It yes. Later there's on. a call back at the end of the yeah. movie. I told you not to ask me that. Yeah, he's not even on the camera though, is he? It's like it's just a voice as he's it's running away. Like, it's like yeah. they recycled the audio, but yeah. they dipped it down a bit because he's supposed to be far away. It, it's priceless. It's fantastic. The funny but. thing about these scenes, you know, like with like disco scenes and that kind of thing, is when you when you actually film a scene like this, it's silent, and it makes it so awkward because you can't play music in there because you'll have to ADR everything anyway afterwards. So usually people are just dancing to nothing, and it makes it very eerie and weird. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm sure that was the case here, but mm. uh, credit credit to the production, yeah. uh, the timing on on the body movements and the sound editing, like that. It's great. Everybody looks like they're listening to this track, like that everybody's on the beat. You don't have that asshole in the background who's like, yeah. <laughs> like fucking around, and, and it looks like he's listening to a totally different song. Um, but yeah, uh, our three of our heroes uh, get subdued by uh, three blanks in the form of the marmalade sandwich, now resurrected and young again. Um, and they kind of act like like the equivalent of like sirens, yeah, like from the Odyssey or something. Schoolgirl entrapment. Yeah. That's literally what the same what thing happened. there as it means here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they they you know start dancing with them, and meanwhile we're cutting back and forth between the exposition dump and the old old fella is explaining that uh, they need your DNA in order to replicate you and. Mm-hmm see them getting samples of their dna by smooching them and sharing smooching. beers and the the one gal uh she swallows andy's wedding ring good that's god a, that's yeah. a dick move he has got oh, big wow. fingers as well i will say that must have been a big ring <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking dangerous yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> no there are some close-ups of his hands and he's got a sausage yeah fingers imagine sure. getting rushed away and e for that yeah, I know. <laughs> no. What happened? Just... I was trying to seductively swallow a wedding ring off of a man's finger, finger, but he's got massive hands. <laughs> he's a rugby player. Dying, help me. 
but yeah, they also try to seduce Pam by bringing out uh, the, the guy that she had a white on for, yeah. uh, <laughs> now grown up. Um, and she, you know, sees through the ruse. And it seems very obvious at this point, in case you didn't notice, that, that O-Man uh, is, is now a blank. So mm. he's been working for the enemy for the past couple of pubs here. And we get a comedic beat in the form of them exiting the mermaid. And, like, it's so obvious to everybody watching that O-Man's leading them. He's basically the Pied Piper to these mm-hmm. drunk-ass fools. And Simon Pegg pauses for a second. He's just like, wait a second. O-Man was tapped out by now. Good on you. You've got you've grown yeah, up. I like, the new you. <laughs> yeah, I like the new you. They actually do a, a really good job with the lighting. I don't know if you noticed. They always keep that side of his face in shadow. So you can't see yes. the birthmark until oh, later yes. on. It's really well done. I think where yes. they do show that side of his face, and it is missing at certain points, I'm pretty sure. That's earlier on, yeah, because he's got the... It's, it's lasered no, off. No, as in later on. I'm sure oh, really? it's missing at certain points. So I was looking out for it. Mm. I, I've, I've seen this before. I was looking out, and I don't know if it's just very well hidden, but at certain points, I'm like, I'm sure I should be able to see it at this point, but I just couldn't. Yeah, because I, I remember really... looking for it, not being able to see it, but I thought it's just further back into his like hairline. Maybe, but it's red mm. initially, isn't it? But yeah, I don't know if they then toned it down to be like really... more like a, just a darker skin tone, and mm-hmm. that's why maybe it's hiding. I don't need to rewatch this movie, but all these little details that everybody else is pointing out is making me want to rewatch this just so <laughs> I can I can see him. I'll tell you this much: it's a very easy rewatch. Uh, I mm. I kind of had it on the background this morning, and I caught myself paying more attention to it than I had intended to. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a very energetic movie. But uh, yeah, O Man is most certainly a blank at this point. Um, and what 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 all these guys were talking about is the reason he's called O-Man is because he has like a six like birthmark or like scar in his on like on his temple uh, so it's like an allusion to like the the omen like Damien from the mm-hmm. omen um, but one thing we learn about the blanks is that when they replicate someone uh, they're like fresh so they can't have any scars on them uh, that anybody would have accumulated in their lifetime um, but the next stop uh, is the beehive and it's kind of appropriately named because we get a little bit more details uh, and also we get introduced to reintroduced uh, to Pierce Brosnan mm-hmm. uh, who was their teacher uh, so kind of and also we get like a whole cluster of, of these blank figures but uh, Pierce Brosnan was their teacher who they admired and uh, he is most certainly a blank at this point as well and <laughs> I love his line deliveries in the scene where like when he caps things off and it it's just kind of perfect where it where he, <laughs> he he basically like nudges O man he's like isn't that great yeah, he's, <laughs> like, yes. like, he's like yes it is <laughs> it's like yeah we're we're both totally not on the same page we're not totally part of the same hive man yeah it's pretty cool eh gang <laughs> it's very much like a uh, like a video you'd watch in high school isn't it has where yeah. it'd be like a science thing and he's like, wow, chemical reactions really are neat, aren't they? And he <laughs> turns no. like he turns like an ADR thing and it's like a <laughs> fossil, like, they really are. Yeah. It's exactly yeah, it, it's, that. it's that it's the beginning of the video where the guy looks directly into the camera and says, oh, hey, I didn't see you there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> there's also, this uh, Pierce Brosnan's character here is obviously like, because he's the teacher, but he's like, please call me guy only guys called guy <laughs> say that 
Like, it's like such a specific personality type for someone with that name. <laughs> That's is. what I call people in passing if I don't know the person. Like, hey, guy, can you... Uh, <laughs> hey, guy. Yeah. Hey, guy. <laughs> Not your guy, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> sorry we won't go into that um what peter has one of my favorite line deliveries from him anyway uh in the sequence where they're sitting down and it's pretty obvious that pierce brosnan's a robot and he's and he has like foam on his lip yeah and peter's peter's just not holding it together very well he's like are you a robot sir <laughs> <laughs> How many pints are we in at this nine. point? Nine. Nine. Not, fuck. Nine, yeah. nine well, pints. Nine pints. Eight, I think, isn't it? Oh, no, eight. Yeah, because this is the ninth they place. Missed, so, yes. They missed the. Yeah. And, That's uh, a lot of what, pints. That is That's too a lot. many pints. I honestly, like, like keeping track, I think I've put down eight American pints in a bar. Yeah. Like, that's, Add 20%, that's my max. So two, four, six. Ooh, yeah, you, an extra. It's more like <laughs> 10 American pints. Gotcha. Yeah. Yikes. It's yeah. a lot. It's anyway. a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, but uh <laughs> during this conversation, uh they become wise to the fact that Oman is missing his his omen scar mm-hmm. uh, and they end up smashing his head open. Smashy smashy uh, omen head. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, this of course begins a grand melee, which is kind of the, the big action set piece, or at least in terms of fighting, like mm. fisticuffs, uh action sequence in the film. Uh, it's just this gigantic pub brawl which nick um, frost kicks off nick frost kicks it off by headbutting pierce brosnan so hard that he mm-hmm. smashes his head and then goes ah fucking hate this town <laughs> <laughs> he's so good he's so he he's brilliant man. oh and then he puts the stools on his hands like big fucking gloves and just starts yeah. whapping people to my favorite off. bit of visual comedy happens in this uh this pub as well where towards the end of it as they're about to leave he, he like he explains the situation and he puts his hand through a pane of glass by yeah, mistake <laughs> and laughs so hard every Wait, time that happens. He's explaining it to Sam and he's just yeah, like, as he's well, leaving. I think yeah. I, I sent that clip to Trevor. I think because I was like, this is great drunk acting, oh. and I I cried laughing the first time <laughs> I noticed it. Like, yeah. Straight through. <laughs> I see. Yeah, he's I like so when big. when Gary is in during the fight. He's still trying to drink his pint, and people mm-hmm. just keep knocking him. And then he has to pour another one, doesn't he? Yeah. Someone I, knocks it over, and he goes, "Fuck, fuck, fuck!" Yeah. <laughs> It'd be very frustrating. Definitely. Um, yeah, the the choreography of Gary's beats here are, are terrific. Where it's it's straight out of like Drunken Master one or two, where mm-hmm. it, it basically him like bouncing and, and rolling off of people not not so much like fighting other than when people get up in his business he's mostly trying to focus on the pint yeah um but just the way he moves it's like you can tell yes this was put together by somebody who made their living by hanging out with jackie chan for a couple of decades yeah and certain certainly borrowed a few ideas from that and it's lovely like it, it all comes together really well like like nick frost punching people with with bar stool punching yeah. gloves is is pretty great it, uh, is. it reminded me of the the incredible hulk when he uh he tears a car in half and turns both oh, halves yeah. into pun- like yeah. boxing gloves um but yeah there's a lot of really cool stuff here i did notice uh, one of the stunt players was christian howard um oh. who is a uk-based talent uh, he works with joey ansa a lot he played ken in the street fighter web series assassin's fist okay oh. um 
I always wanted to see him go on to bigger and better things. He just seems to be a that guy for now. But if you've ever seen a photo of the guy, he he looks like an anime character come to life. Um, and he's got the moves. He's got the look. It's kind of amazing he hasn't done more. But yeah, anyway, he's just one of the anonymous faces here. I got a laugh out of uh, when they hit the alarm, basically. And mm-hmm. uh, Bill Nye, he speaks through all of the pub denizens. And uh, basically, like, a bright light shines through all of the blanks, eyes, and mouths. He's scared. I got a laugh out of Pierce Brosnan. I imagined him doing that on the set same, without the special. Same, just going, Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's got his arms yeah. spread wide, and he's, like, preening he, he around He reminds me of, like, a goose or a swan, like, with his yes. wings out, like, yeah. Look at me! <laughs> <laughs> no, he, like, glides into he the does. middle of the room. And I just couldn't get that image out of my head. It just like Same. I'm glad that I wasn't just me. I know he had to do that live on the set, yeah. and I'm sure it looked fucking ridiculous. Uh, not that it didn't look ridiculous with the special effects, but yeah, <laughs> mm. uh, tremendous action sequence. Um, it concludes by everybody kind of the the group kind of gets split up here, um, where Andy calls out, uh, "Let's head to the smokehouse," uh, which in the in the prologue uh, in the original pub crawl. Uh, it's basically it's what like a it's a bowling green shed it's a, yeah. It's bowling a green. yeah it's a bowling green with a little like little tiny bar on the side of it and yeah uh, so this was something that it's like a code word for them it's like i know exactly which one you're talking about and they mm-hmm. all head there and uh, we get the this is almost straight out of like a invasion of the body snatchers or a zombie movie which i guess Shaun of the dead this is familiar territory for edgar wright and most of these players uh, this is the scene where everybody's in in a shadowy environment and is accusing one another of being, you know, not who they seem. Yeah. Um, and we also, uh, is this where we learn uh, about the car accident? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Which is so. Does somebody dark. want to explain what what that alludes to? Um, Kyle, go, I, yeah. I, I say, uh, <laughs> I think it might be one of the shittiest things someone's ever done to anybody. Uh, yeah. I guess Gary, did Gary uh, hurt himself? Like hurt himself and uh, no, had an over- Andy... overdose on drugs that was it well, he, oh. yeah. he says ahead. that he overdosed on drugs but he made a miraculous recovery yeah which means that he probably didn't yeah go ahead you guys finish it you oh know. no you go sorry <laughs> <laughs> no uh i was just gonna say yeah he made a miraculous recovery they uh andy was like well over the legal limit to be driving mm-hmm. crashed the car and then he uh um, Gary ran off before the cops got there, basically. Yeah, and Andy um, got arrested, didn't he? Yeah. I had a couple of buddies in high school, like right after high school. They both had DUIs. I mean, I don't know what they're doing now. Uh, they had DUIs, and um, the one guy was driving while the other one was on parole. Like, he was not supposed to be drinking. And he was fine. Oh, he was okay. actually sober. And the guy driving was drunk. He refused to not, like, he refused to not, not drive. And the cops were getting ready to pull him over, and he's like, dude, we're busted, man. We are going to jail. And he's like, no, we are not going to jail. You are going to jail. And opened the car door and then just took off running. Uh, wow. The, the cops never caught him. Uh, but the other guy got another DUI. Wow, what a fuckhead. Yeah. They're Get the stupid. fuck. I would. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was proper use of get the fuck. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Fuck. Idiots. Yeah, it's there's, awful. There's some shitty people, and it's like, there's real Gary Kings in the world, but I don't know, it, it's pretty shitty in the film, and it, it comes as quite a moment of realisation at the depth of the story, 
Like it's kind of been quite a funny film so far. And then there's like these little tiny beats of this realistic thing going on. And you start to learn that like that the first thing at the start with Gary being in the Alcoholics Anonymous or whatever it is, whatever the rehab is that he's in. And then again, you start to realize he's a bit of a broken person, a lot more behind yeah. the facade. And then it's that that you start to realize why. Also, he's King Gay is written in the ceiling, which I thought was really <laughs> hilarious. There's good, definitely yeah. more to this film than I picked up on when I watched it initially as a teenager. Yeah. I think I enjoyed it more as an adult because you realize that you kind of see what people are like in real life and you can attribute it more to real life. Opposed yeah. to it just being like, you don't really realize what stuff's like when you're a teenager. It is That's interesting right, yeah. to see it through like adult eyes and go, wow, that is unbelievable that someone would do that. But you know the world's yeah. that crazy. It is, yeah. And it's like, it's here when they're all being paranoid and they all start to... The only way to prove it is to show each other's scars to each other, isn't it? So that's why they start showing the different parts. That's how you find out about the crash because he's got the, the scar on his middle finger and he like he flips him the bird. And Gary won't show the scars on his arm and you don't know why he won't take his coat off yeah, until later on when you see that. Yeah, yeah. And that's when it sort of gets all... <laughs> what does he say now? Oh, they make you new like a baby, like a man baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they all get split up again, don't they? Because does Gary just run to the next pub? Is that what happens then? They take off into the, the into forest, the essentially. Yeah. And uh, Peter uh, kind of lags behind because he's a little guy. He's got short, stumpy legs. And, you know, he, he's not handling his liquor as well as anyone else. Um, and he is approached by his childhood bully. That's right. Um, and we we cut away from that scene very quickly where it seems like, oh, Peter might take the guy's offer to join the blanks or something. And then we have a comedic beat where we cut back to that and Peter's just beating the fuck out of this guy on the ground. He comes back with um, a stick. Yeah, with the brush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not even a proper stick. It's just like a no, broken it's like tree a limb. It's the like limb. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he, he gets his catharsis in the form of confronting his childhood bully and essentially murdering him with a tree limb. <laughs> um, but then he's surrounded by blanks and uh, he is like assimilated, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, they can't go back to save him. Uh, Gary's still trying to keep the pub crawl alive, though, but Andy gets fed up with him to a point where he actually punches his lights out. Um, and so now it's Steven and Andy trying to get to safety while dragging Gary around. And we do see that a, a giant sculpture uh, that they made fun of earlier in the film is apparently just a robot yeah. <laughs> and it's patrolling the streets looking for them. So things things are not looking good for them. Um, but just so happens that even though they're actually legitimately trying to escape the town at this point, the the best, most expedient route to take happens to go to the next pub on yeah. the list. And I believe it's the King's Head, number 10. Uh, Trevor, um, you, you missed a very important part, I think, unless I wasn't paying attention. Before we get to the barn, uh, we have to get Sam out of town. Uh, we have to get her in her car. Yeah, we have to jump town. on her car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah, one of my big... Yeah, use the dream pipe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he fucking levels the car. Use the drain pipe. It's pretty great. The confidence he had going down. Sorry. sorry. Well, he, I mean, he, he does it like a dark night, essentially. Yeah. He <laughs> steps off the roof, lands on his feet, 
doesn't stay on him though, <laughs> and all the windows of the car explode. Use the drain pipe. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Staring no. up at the roof like. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh. No, that was great. I'm, I'm glad you actually brought us back to that for a sec. But um, as we're trying to pass through the king's head, though, uh, Stephen is kind of like looking out into the street and Andy forms a plan where it's like, okay, we're going to wait for all the blanks to pass and then we're going to run straight out the back door. But just so happens when they look behind them, oh, fuck, Gary is pouring himself a pint. Yes, <laughs> yes. And they, I think they, they attempt to talk him down like, this shit can't carry on. Yeah. Like, like this is ridiculous, man. You just got you just got knocked the fuck out by your your lifelong best friend for being a shithead. Maybe fucking like think yeah. about it for a second. Actually, he literally um, has nothing else. Like he no. he actually does have to finish this. Like he is yeah. Chris Farley from Wayne's mm-hmm. World too. He's got no place else. He's got to no. Go. He's got nowhere else to go. <laughs> Did you um, pick the, up on the double reference to Shaun of the Dead here? By the way, Trevor. I haven't actually seen Shaun of the Dead. Oh, 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 oh my God. God. I know, I know. <laughs> okay, right. That's on the list. You've got to fucking do that. Yeah, there's, well, uh, go ahead and let, it, let us know. Yes. There's the, the pub, the name of the pub is the King's Head. And Ed in Shaun of the Dead says, and we'll stop and have a bite at the King's Head, meaning like we'll stop and have lunch at the King's Head pub. And also the you hear a little jingle as they run in from the, the, like the slot machine. And it's the same slot machine sound that is in Shaun of the Dead in the pub where they end up at the end. Oh, right. In the Winchester. Yeah, at the Winchester. Yeah. Okay. Well, when I get to that one, I'll have to, I'll have to keep that in my Check mind. Check it out. <laughs> no, I, I totally will. I mean, I've seen the other two Cornetto films at this point. I may as well. I, I went from the middle to the end, now to the beginning. <laughs> yeah, it's all wonky. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Whatever. Uh but yeah, uh, Gary takes off running, and uh, we get a extended chase sequence here, where yeah. <laughs> Gary Gary takes off running down the street. We have a whole bunch of blanks chasing him. Andy is giving chase as well, and uh, he's doing his best to keep up. Uh, and I think this is also where, like, by the time they they get to the next pub, the hole in the wall, Stephen has acquired a vehicle yeah. um, separate from the other two fellas, and appropriately enough, he puts a he hole puts a <laughs> hole in the wall, and that's basically the only thing that happens in that pub. And I believe Gary does get get a pint in very quickly here. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then along the way, Andy also, I think, as they're headed to the world's end, uh, he does get his wedding ring back. Uh, he punches a hole in the tummy of a blank. Yeah. What uh, does the, the blank the, uh, say? I want you inside me. He says, Andy, <laughs> I want you inside me. And he goes, all right. And he's fucking... <laughs> <laughs> I do like when they're super drunk in the club. I'm like, wow, they look great. Like, they look like they haven't aged a day. They look the exact same. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah guys. <laughs> it's yeah. the beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and appropriately enough, the, the song that's playing in that moment is Step Back in Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, uh, we do reach the world's end, and uh, we have an extended dramatic sequence that... A little bit of the blocking made me think almost of the first of, of First Blood, the first Rambo film, where, where like Sylvester Stallone goes on his five-minute uh, tirade about awful. how the world used to be, how his life used to be. I never get better. I never get better. <laughs> I can't even hold a job here. I used to drive a tank. People spit on me. Yeah, it is. I, I'm with you. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It, it's just kind of similar, but it, it's actually very heartfelt, though, and it's it helps that these two guys are apparently real, like friends in real life. 
Yeah. Because it, it's yeah. that kind of dialogue between the two of them. Oh, it feels real. Gary guy. Yeah. It, it feels very real. It does. Like, you can... There's... It, what's the line now? He says, you were Gary King. I would have followed you to the end. I have. Like, it's the way he says, I have. It, like... It's so punctuating in that moment. Yeah. They, like, this is all Gary has. Like... And this is where you see his wrist, isn't it? Because he grabs hold of him to try and stop him getting the pints. And you see the bandages, obviously, he down his arms. He says the really sad line as well, where he says, it, this one genuinely got me. He says, um, where is it now? I, I do have it here. How can you tell you're drunk if you're never sober? Yeah. And yeah. that's, it it's really Andy. horrible. To, it is it sobering is. to yeah. hear. Yeah. It is ridiculous. It's like, wow, my heart ouch yeah ouch thanks for that i thought i was there for a comedy <laughs> yeah that, yeah it, it it doesn't come out of left field but it is surprisingly effective yeah because mm. no is. one's no one's said it to him at this point no one's pointed out that he's an alcoholic you can get it but yeah. no one none of his friends have said that you have a problem no They've no all just and it's only Andy. around it yeah it's only andy who could probably say that because those two are like the closest aren't they yeah, and he even says in the opening prologue that like I I love the guy and I, mm -hmm. I don't feel weird saying that and like the other guys are my boys but he's like he's my guy. Yeah, yeah. I feel like these movies like this one. I, I kind of highlighted this one because it does a little bit of everything. Like Shaun of the Dead is pretty much a comedy with a few action beats in there. Hot mm -hmm. Fuzz is like first half comedy, second half a lot of action, but there's still comedy beats in there. This one just completely evolves from comedy action and then it starts to get heartfelt like, like yeah, you said like the tone is serious different. at the end yeah the tone's and, very very different and it's uh like these movies are very unique in that and especially this one um mm -hmm. i just want to say that sorry no yeah no, no, you're right completely right 100%. yeah it's, this one seems to approach it more of the way i don't know it's more heartfelt than it is a comedy like where like you said with Shaun of the dead where Shaun of the dead is a comedy with zombies this is more like a heartfelt story about the evolution of a person with comedy on the side of it. Yeah. Well, I don't think there is any evolution of him, though, is there? Because that's the point, is that he does stay the same, but it's like, uh, you're right that it does feel like an evolution of a character, but there is mm. no evolution to the character. No, no, but he still it's stays so... the same, yeah. Yeah, Especially when you see like the ending scene. And funny enough, you know, The World's End is a real pub. Really? Oh, it is? Yes, it's in Camden in London, and it was Amy Winehouse's, uh, like dive that's where she used to go i've, I've, I've been i've seen it it's a, oh, wow. and the sign's the same with like the cool burning world i think the saddest part i think you guys might have talked about we might have skipped over but where he has at the pub where he's barred and he has to have the drinks outside like yeah. somebody left there yeah that like when i was first watching like that's that's really bad dude you really yeah should, i, I get you have to get the pints at each one but that's pretty gross it definitely yeah. has more of an impact when you've seen it once as well the film because you mm -hmm. realize that at the start of the film, you might not realize that he is as bad as he is. And then when you watch on the second time, you kind of go, oh shit, that's yeah. why he's... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not just a, a man trying to be young again. It's a man desperate. Yes. Yeah. 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 Very mm -hmm. sad. Yes. And then he pulls the handle. Yeah. Yes, then he yes. pulls the handle. Uh, so he's still committed to pouring himself that last point. Um, even though things are very desperate in this moment. But instead of fluid coming out, uh, an elevator opens, yeah. and, and they descend into the basement of the world's end and uh, gathered around them, like standing, like, in almost like it almost looks like a operating auditorium or something. Does, yeah. yeah. Uh, standing above them are 
uh, simulants of all the townsfolk and even even their friends. Uh, so Peter and Oliver are both here as well. Um, and they are all voiced by Bill Nighy. They are, Which yeah. is quite lovely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we have our final confrontation of, of the film, uh, which comes not in the form of fisticuffs, but in the form of a petulant conversation between <laughs> drunk fucks and essentially a god figure from space. Yeah. Does Bill Nighy say it's pointless arguing with you? Which is what mm-hmm. Andy's been yeah. saying the entire yeah, movie. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then there he calls two... him a big fucking lamp. There, yeah, there are two lines in it. Oh, no, three lines in here that I thought were amazing. Which was, oh, fuck off, you big lamp, was one of them. <laughs> uh, to err uh, is human, so, uh And then he shrugs. <laughs> and the bit where he says, why don't you get into your rocket and fuck off back to Legoland, you cunt. That's amazing. I'll bleep that for you, Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> We don't care in America. It's fine. Uh, we we don't care if it came out of your mouth. We don't care. Oh, it's yeah, gay, right? It's fine. English. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Get oh, some culture. They can use that over there. Yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, no, this this conversation is very long, mm. um, but I found myself just like deeply engaged and just rolling on the floor, laughing at a lot of it. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. so tightly written. And then Stephen shows up halfway through, like He's literally like, descends yeah. from the rope. <laughs> Um, and yeah, it's three drunk idiots screaming yeah. at God and, and telling him how he's wrong. Yeah. And it's pretty. It's pretty fucking funny. Yeah. Actually, it's like a five-year-old arguing with their parents. Mm-hmm. That's yes. like yeah. And it That's is funny it that the across. corporate lawyer is arguing it though, because he's uh, and he's yeah. a corporate lawyer, isn't he? So he, he does is. actually pick out some flaws within the argument, much he like does, someone yeah. looking at a contract. Mm-hmm. about the number of simulants yeah. in the town like he's like you say you're doing us all a favor but like how many people in this town yeah, yeah it's like how many people in this town have you had to replace to make it better <laughs> it's like uh it's just two people pretty much all of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> and just those two assholes from yeah. earlier in the movie oh and, uh, and michael michael smiley used to be human but he fucked up so they who's turned the him guy? into one uh, basil he's like me shh <laughs> Not for much longer, though. <laughs> yeah. No, I told you not to ask me that. <laughs> I told you not to ask me that. <laughs> it's oh. pretty great. Um, but yeah, uh, long story short, uh, the argument is it's going nowhere. So exasperated God figure Bill Nighy says, you know what? I, you know, you, you guys are going to be left to your own devices. I, I've tried to do a good thing for you, but you're so adamant about maintaining your independence and fucking off into oblivion that you know what whatever we're leaving he like, actually, the network is leaving the way he words it and the tone of his voice is like it's perfect. he is so like I think he says you want to be left to your own devices fuck it and then it hangs up <laughs> it, 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 one of my favorite line deliveries in the whole movie yeah. is, is just his last two words where he's like yeah. you want to be left to your own devices and they're like yeah and he's like and they're like, really? That you're you're just gonna leave? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, fuck, fuck it. it. Fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> it's just so that exasperated, him. just just that, yeah, like coming yeah. coming from essentially you know alien god. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's learned. He's learned to be like, fuck this. That's his, mm-hmm. it's yeah, not and he also it. he has he has fucking visual aids. Like he's showing them graphics yeah, the whole yeah. time, trying to reinforce his argument. They got turned like, into mulch. You don't understand. Fucking mulch. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's what happens to the humans, by the way. They get turned yeah. into mulch. Yeah, turned into mulch. Yeah. Told you not to ask me that, Jordan. Yeah. God, <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he even has visual aids showing that Earth, out of all the civilized planets in the galaxy or whatever, is bottom tier and anyway. <laughs> so he's like, you know, I've been trying to do y'all a favor. I guess I guess it's not gonna work out. So, uh, Bill Nighy, Space Bill Nighy, fucks off, and uh, the whole place goes up in flames, much like the end of every Resident Evil movie or game ever, uh, <laughs> or a James Bond film for that matter. Yep. Uh, the, the hidden hidden base has to explode. <laughs> um, and yeah, our our heroes escape, and then we get this massive escape sequence that escalated far like. Far more than I expected. Oh, yeah. I didn't expect this explosion to be this oh, big. Yeah, it's like a supernova. Well, Sam comes yes, back. Yes, it's like a... She, she, yes, she, she comes she back said, with a car. like, um, you came back for us. And she went, I did. I got lost on the ring road, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> ring yeah, roads are the Britain, worst. Britain to be fair. Britain's first roundabout, I think, is they have a sign for it. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Which they then jump. I've always wanted to jump a roundabout. Yeah. We all. Well, when, you, when you're going... <laughs> instead, of, this is uh, British... Uh, traffic laws so when you're going if there's a roundabout with four exits when you're going uh, ahead instead of you take the second exit that's called going straight over the roundabout mm. so when oh, she, yeah. they go say go straight over instead of going over as in taking the second exit she just does go around. straight over just, just jumps yeah <laughs> also that is the fastest ford focus i've ever seen it is <laughs> rapid <laughs> just in fourth gear the entire time until right at the end as well it's like why are you not in yeah. fifth all the way yeah. <laughs> well she's kind of a milk toast personality from what i can tell maybe maybe fifth gear is a little intimidating for her or something she's going at 40 the entire way <laughs> instead of like 70 <laughs> Yeah, if someone says crumbs, you're not going to be a getaway driver, are you? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm sure she would put on her turn signal as they're escaping yeah, yeah. from the town. Hazard lights. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they escape from like a fucking supernova mm -hmm. uh, that looks kind of like uh, Doomsday Shockwaves from Batman versus Superman. Don't watch that movie if you haven't seen it. Unless you're a masochist like me and you mm -hmm. enjoy watching shit like that. <laughs> uh, for dumb reasons. But uh, they do manage to escape the blast radius. And it, like, when they turn back around to look at what the what's left of the town, there isn't anything, by the way. Oh. Uh, it looks like the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a massive, like, lightning-filled storm cloud and blackened, like, hellish skies. Yeah. It they Pretty have bad. created a hellscape yeah. <laughs> by pissing yeah. off Bill Nighy. They have, yeah. <laughs> a massive EMP, basically, isn't it? It is, yeah. Also, did you notice? You know, when they pull the elevator, did you notice the name of the beer? It said... Fosters? Uh, no, it's Doom Bar. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is a really nice beer. Like, Doom it's Bar a real beer. Good. But, I yeah, I, every time I see it, I'm always like, Doom Bar. Every, you have to order <laughs> it like that. <laughs> I mean, that that's another little detail, because I, mm. I think the first beer they had was Crowning Glory. That's right. Um, yeah. And it was appropriate to start the journey in Doom Bar. Yeah, it seems, seems perfect to conclude it, yeah. given that we just, you know, brought on the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. The only beer that I recognized was Foster's. Were any of the other beers like uh, actually real? Besides yeah, they that have. One? Uh, is it Cronenberg's? Cronenberg, no. yeah. Cronenberg's no, 16, quite 64. Strong 64. beer with about yeah. 6%. Foster's yeah. is, I think, the weakest one. 4.2. And it's the cheapest yeah. as well. Foster's mm -hmm. is usually like £2 something a pint. <laughs> it's, it's not great. But it's good if you just want to get drunk for cheap. Sorry, go on, Kyle. 
Oh, no, sorry. I was going to say, I've never seen Foster's on tap. That's the other thing. I'm like, you guys got Foster's on tap? Very British. Yeah, some places yeah. in like shitty pubs. Not nice pubs. It's a cheap beer. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no. Cronenberg's cheap and strong. So that's what you go for. <laughs> <laughs> British. <laughs> Double thumbs up. <laughs> uh, so after, <clears throat> after this giant explosion, uh, we segue into an extended epilogue of sorts mm. where uh, Nick Frost is sitting around like a fire with, with a bunch of ashen faced young people. And he's telling the tale of when humanity was sent back to the dark ages. He was witness to it. So what we just saw was the annihilation of technology mm -hmm. in, in man's world, essentially. Um, and so he's narrating all these episodes that play out. And the first thing is that uh, he did mention uh, during a, uh, during their kind of like big big dialogue sequence at the end at the world's end uh he did mention that his wife actually had left him so all is not oh yeah all is not great in andy's corner of the world uh gary was under the assumption that andy was living a wonderful life um but because of the apocalypse uh they have gone organic yeah uh, as he said <laughs> and he has gotten back with his wife and he claims to not be craving uh like inorganic foods food. and stuff. But that's the only time you see the Cornetto is the rapper. That is where we get the yeah. Cornetto. And he goes, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's lovely face acting. It <laughs> it's weird, you don't um, see a Cornetto other than that. I feel kind of cheated. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's kind of it. But uh, he mentions that all the simbulants, uh, they, they shut down during the explosion, but they actually reawoke and they've like maintained a consciousness of sorts uh and they actually try to reintegrate into civilization or what's left of it um and so oliver still with missing the top half of his head by the way <laughs> um goes back into real estate uh yeah has has a wilson style like football not a volleyball mm -hmm. uh atop his head to serve as like a face for people to look at <laughs> it's pretty great and uh, he sells the hell out of his like his peppy body language and demeanor despite missing the top half of his head <laughs> and people screaming at him the whole time yeah. <laughs> and uh steven and uh oliver's sister have uh fucked off to the woods shacked they're up. living a happy life it's a nice shack by the way uh, it's a nice shack. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what has become of gary oh yeah peter peter got back with his family too yeah, and uh, it seems like mm -hmm. he's actually doing better. He's doing a better job as a dad than he was before. Mm -hmm. So I'm um, usually really fucking smashed when I watch this movie, and I've only seen the ending of this movie, like the whole thing, <laughs> one time. <laughs> I I didn't know there was more to it. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm usually I'm pretty I'm, I usually polish off two beers while I'm watching it after the beers I've pretty already toasted. been drinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ah, well, the final scene of the movie uh, takes place in a pub called The Rising Sun. And uh, Gary has gotten together with simulants of his, the younger versions of all his friends. I dig uh, it. And they, yeah. form, they formed like a Mad Max-style band of adventurers in the, in the post-apocalypse. And uh, he's carrying like a claymore on his back or something, by the way. <laughs> very comic um, Very much so. And uh, everybody in this bar looks like they're straight out of Mad Max or something. Um but he, when he gets to the counter, though, he orders water. So, mm -hmm. I, th I think it, I think it's supposed to be that he is now sober finally. Yeah. Um. And yeah, uh, he basically murders the pub. <laughs> That's the end of the movie. 
it's kind of a very strange way to end the movie but when he's refused when his his simulant friends are refused service uh he in, he instigates a conflict with everybody in the pub and he pulls out that claymore it's like you don't really you don't really play fight with something like that like yeah. if you hit someone with that it, it's gonna cause lasting well, the, damage uh, like you're playing for keeps the blanks as well defending him they do the uh the scream don't they and all yeah, the light yeah. which is a, is a great way of doing it but this is it's a weird way to end the, end the trilogy isn't it it's the only film that doesn't end as it starts in a way mm. yeah yeah, because the the first uh, Shaun of the Dead spoiler uh, ends yeah, with them playing video games. Uh, yeah, yeah, as yeah. it starts playing Time Splitters two to be specific. Beauty, Ooh, beautiful good game. one, good one. Oh wait, that's why that film stuck with me so much because we had that game and we were playing it, and then we watched the film and then we were like, oh, they're playing our game, yeah. and yeah, that was what they like. Exactly, and then yeah. Heart Four's uh, starts just kind of with police and ends with police, and mm. just like kind of you know generic policing. Just police life. And this one starts with kind of, you know, um, it starts, I guess it starts with them having the pub outing and the pub crawl and ends with the pub crawl. Yeah. But in the post-apocalypse, which was yeah. a bit of a out of left field. Yeah, it does start with them as teenagers going to the pub and then it ends with them as the whatever we call yeah. them. What, what were the names that we, the, what were the different names that were Smash floated? Smash the Eggman. Smash, smash, man. No bots, blanks, but no bots. No bots, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that that is a strange way to end this movie. Um, but it's an ending, and I had a good time with it. So <laughs> it, you know, worked out for me, I guess. <laughs> Casual murder amongst friends. <laughs> so, Harrison, Jordan, how would you guys rank them? How would you rank the movies? Uh, I. I like Shaun of the Dead the most, then this one, and then Hot Fuzz, I think. Really? I'd go uh, Shaun the Dead, Hot Fuzz, then this one. Really? So in descending order? Yeah. I'd go Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, then this one. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. And out of the two you've seen, Trevor, <laughs> what about you? Uh, I think I... I think I appreciated the straight-up filmmaking of this one more than Hot Fuzz. Mm-hmm. But if I'm being honest, I think my capability of, of like latching onto the humor, I want to say Hot Fuzz had a better pace for it for like me latching onto the material. But at this moment, I think I'd, I'd put this one above Hot Fuzz. Okay. Mostly because I can remember this one in Hot <laughs> Fuzz. See, I, 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 I can't remember Hot Fuzz. Like, I, I watched it for the first time on a transatlantic flight and oh. on a screen this big and yeah it, that'll do it they showed it like three times in a row and then when we got to where we were going in america my auntie had rented it for us all to watch <laughs> and i was just like fuck man like, i can't ah uh. so i sat watching it again and it just like tainted the film for me so i need to go back and watch it really your auntie missed a trick by saying yeah. like harrison i thought it was your favorite film you watched it three times you watched it loads yeah <laughs> Is it how uh, how much later are you staying up tonight? Because you could just have a few more beers and then just finish off. Maybe. With the hot I mean, fuzz. it's eleven yeah. o'clock already, so we'll see. What do you have to do at Sunday? Yeah. Good point. <laughs> well, that being said, I don't want to keep you much longer, so uh, I guess that's that draws a conclusion uh, to our discussion of the world's end, directed by Edgar Wright, 
uh, from 2013. Uh, but before we go, uh, our lovely guests, uh, Harrison and Jordan, uh, would you like to let the folks at home know where they can find you and all of your uh, internet what's-its? Sure thing. Jordan, do you want to go first? No, you take it, H-bomb. Okay, bye-bye. You can find me at Haswild absolutely everywhere. You can find our podcast at Grief Burrito absolutely everywhere. And Jordan, what about you? They can find me at the Mr. Joncourt if you want to shout at me and tell me I'm wrong about any of my opinions on this, as most people want to do, but they yes. do it at Greek Burrito. Yes, I have to deal with all that and filter it through. I'm the buffer between the hatred on the internet and Jordan. Yeah. Yep. A thankless job. Uh, but yeah, thank, thanks so much for joining us, guys. No worries, I, I really appreciate your time, and this yeah. was a fucking awesome conversation. It was the right movie i think to have you guys on but um in the meantime folks at home though if you would like to catch up on any of our other catching up on cinema content you can find all of that collected on our website at catchinguponcinema.com we also have a couple social media accounts in the form of an instagram at catching up on cinema as well as a twitter at catching cinema so feel free to hit me up there and let me know how i am wrong about whatever the fuck you feel like do it and the podcast is available on pretty much any service you can imagine including cephalopod so. Which he can play now. Uh, which I can play now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so fucking Google it. Google uh, it. But that being said, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. This episode gave me a wide on.